He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Mike Rutherford Show. It is Monday, December 5th, but in many ways, it feels like a brand new era entirely. You're listening live from the UofL College of Business Studios. We are here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land, streaming all over the land here on the Big X. And when I say streaming over the land and I accentuate it, it's because approximately 17,000 people have told me throughout the course of today, hey, man. Going to be a pretty big show. It's a lot of stuff to talk about. What are the chances that the stream works? What are the chances that something goes horribly? And I just kind of assumed that we were going to have some gigantic technical difficulty. But yet here we are, glowing on this Monday afternoon, excited to be here. One of us maybe even more so than the other. We'll get to Trevor Kelsey in just a second. Because the second thing that I've heard about 17,000 times today is, does Trevor know? And two, I can't wait to hear his reaction so that's what we're going to get to. It is a, first of all, apologies for my my absence last week. If you remember two weeks ago, my whole family got COVID. Uh, I had to miss Monday because Mary couldn't get out of bed and we have the, the two small children. So that was messing with stuff. I somehow managed to avoid it. And I'm like, this is you know, unbelievable. Maybe I, I built up some antibodies because of the long COVID stuff for the last several months. Um, no, because on Tuesday night, I start feeling pretty rough. Wednesday, I wake up like, feeling like I'm absolutely about to die. Um and as I'm in this just sort of psychotic haze where I'm having fever, fever dreams, I'm not sure what's reality and what's not, I'm sleeping the entire day, I'm like, at least I don't have to talk about this basketball team losing to Maryland the night before. That was the one thing that I thought. I'm like, that's good. And then the basketball team plays just as poorly yesterday as they do. But I don't have to talk about it today. So I, got, I ended up testing positive, had COVID, uh, could not do the show the rest of the week. But we're back here today. We're feeling... I'm feeling good, and and I do want to. First of all, TK, how are you? You're wearing an Eagles hoodie. You look good. I know you don't feel great. Yeah, I don't know. You gave you. I don't care how many long shorts, mediums, temporaries, full times, COVID you gave me last week. I don't give a flying bleep. He's gonna be here today. I'm showing up today. He's gonna be here today. I, you you could have. I don't care if you gave me that that damn monkey. Outbreak sickness. Mpox. You don't, we don't call it monkeypox anymore. What? Well, I don't know what the hell it was. <laughs> Birdpox. Monkeypox. Lionpox. Cheetahpox. I don't care what kind of pox you want to give me. Smallpox. Throw it. Cover me in a blanket and, and, and send me on my way because I'm gonna be here on BBHD. 
We've got lots to get to. Oh, yeah. You had the D. You know why? I know. You know why. I know. And we, I'll preface this. I know I teased it in the tweet today. I got a little Brom scoop. Ooh, got a little Brom scoop for the folks out there. And for those wondering, I I knew, I, I didn't tweet something until like around like 1.30 or so. Yeah, when did you know? Because we texted uh, you very early. I actually knew around, I guess, was it like 10.30, 11? Okay. Because, because of... Uh, well, the news broke way earlier than that. Yeah, well... I, I've been I, unfortunately I'm only getting like 45 minutes of sleep at a time. Fever dreams know them very well. Yeah, had them all last two nights. Get used to it. Uh, yeah, had them all last night as well. Uh, cold sweats, yada yada yada. Uh, not been my funnest weekend. Global playing last yesterday the way they did didn't help. I all that I don't care. I, I don't care if I woke up today and I was missing a left foot. It is a good day to be alive. If it let's, all works out the way I want it to. Let's start there. <laughs> and then, of course, now I'm saying all this and it'll work out and we'll end up getting like Hold on. Bruce Feldman's choice. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not happening. Josh Hurd said today that that's not happening. We'll get to all of that good stuff. God. <laughs> so I I wake up this morning. John gets up too early and get up with him. And then after a little, Mary's like, kindly, because I'm requiring more sleep than her these days. She's like, you know, you can say, like, once you get a little bit more sleep, I got to take Virginia to school later. So I, I, I lie down like right as this news is breaking to try to get like an extra half hour of sleep. And I wake up to just a flurry of people letting me know at 8.05 that Scott Satterfield, hey, not getting fired, not, you know, interested in another job, not being talked about, not trying to posture for a raise, not getting a contract extension. He is taking the job at Cincinnati, six-year contract God, to become the new head coach of the Bearcats. And I, I mean, he can take the, he can take the, the cake and nails with him too for all I care. They can have it now. Easy. They can trade it. Easy. So, like, <laughs> typically when something like this happens, and, and you know that we've we've had no shortage of small stories on the, the show to talk about for the last year and a half, you know, I'll get like a little, there'll be some smoke, right? Before the fire erupts, th- there's some smoke. Yeah, you think last night in general, yeah. We would have gotten Nothing. hints. Yeah. Nothing. This apparently has been going on for, what, three or four days all week, if not at that? Well, no. Saturday night, it sounds like, is when. Okay. Saturday night is when it sounds like they, we'll, we'll get to all this. Okay, we'll go to the timeline. So, I've heard nothing about this. It blows my mind that we're sitting here talking about Scott Satterfield taking the Cincinnati job so much so that I'm like, is this official? Like, we've, we're, we're looking around, we're trying to figure out what's happening, and boom, it's done. And everybody's like, yeah, it, it's done. An assistant coach messages me, and it's like, I found out on Twitter an hour ago, and he said, I think he said that like 9 o'clock, um, and was, was furious, said, you know, we've made this our home, my family loves it here, they don't want to leave, we would stay here forever if we could. There's a, a mother of, uh, or a, a wife of a, assistant who goes to my mom's school she saw him this her this morning and she said the same thing pretty much like you know, we found out on social media before satterfield could contact us and you know we're, we're crushed by this we're not sure what the future holds we're not sure if we're going there or if it's even an option but we did not want this we didn't see it coming this blindsided everybody i think besides josh hurt who said during his his press conference about an hour ago that he had heard since i guess sunday morning yesterday morning that satterfield was kind of pursuing the cincinnati job so everybody else totally blindsided by this. The first text I got was at 8.58 from my buddy. It says, you're going to be so happy and surprised when you finally wake up. There it is. I mean, we all had the same reaction. <laughs> I'm like, when Trevor, so somebody's like, do you think he'll know when the show comes? I'm like, he'll know when the show comes around. I got multiple around. texts about that, yes. But I, when, when the news first breaks, whether it's my text messages or the social media re- response, I think we are so conditioned as a fan base that has been tortured for the better part of the last decade that when something unexpected happens, like a coach leaving for a different program, 
we all just immediately jumped to this like, woe is me. Like, oh, what else could happen? Classic. Like everybody's response on Twitter initially is like, oh my God, like crying emojis. The, you know, the, the gifts of dudes just like screaming and being upset. And my friends are like, can't we anything ever go our way? And right away, I'm kind of like, this isn't a, a day that should be somber. This is not a day like many of the ones that we've been experiencing in the past. And I think people slowly started to come around a little bit. And when they really looked at the situation, and especially when they started seeing the reactions from current and former players and some recruits, they started to be like, you know what? Go with this. This is, for once in his career here, Scott Satterfield's not making it awkward. And that was my big thing. Is we, I turned it into a running joke. The man tries to find in every possible situation the most awkward potential result. Just peak awkwardness constantly. Makes everything weird. In the end, his final act is the least awkward thing he's ever done. Because... Except for we actually play him. But th- he made the bowl <laughs> game awkward. But I'm talking about his Louisville legacy. All right, yeah, well. He leaves here not as a coach who was so overwhelmingly successful that the entire fan base was going to be pissed about him leaving. Like, you can be pissed about the way he left. You can be pissed that he was gone. You're not pissed that you lost a like elite-level, top-tier coach. The man was 25-24 and 24 here over four seasons. He was 15-18 and 18 in the ACC. He never took us to a bowl game of any real note. He's, he's not that guy. He's not leaving here like Petrino left the first time, like Strong left here, like Schnelli left here, like John L. left here. He's not leaving with people furious that he's not staying here for 20 more seasons. And the way in which he left, was bad. He's also going to one of your arch rivals, a program that you probably still see yourself, and I think deservedly so, as superior to. I know they've been better than we have on the field in recent years. There's no no question about that. But if you're talking about jobs, I still think Louisville's a superior job. I think we still have advantages that Cincinnati does not. And they're a rival. And they're close. And they're really not in that much of a different situation than we are when you're talking about culture and fit, conference affiliation, and all that stuff. So, You've got one side that is like, whatever, I want him gone anyway. The side that was still supportive of him wasn't so overwhelmingly supportive of him that they're that sad to see him go. And then you've got everybody pissed off in the the way in which he leaves. So in his final act, Scott Satterfield does what nobody has been able to do over the last seven years. He unifies the fan base. Because I think everybody is now going to root against him at Cincinnati. This isn't going to be like a Charlie situation where some people are like, you know, unless they play us, I'll root for Texas or I hope he does well. Same with Petrino. Some, I mean, the way in which Bobby left was more hurtful than I think the way in which Charlie left to, to a degree. Yeah, he got it easier in Atlanta probably. Though. He did. But yeah, <laughs> but the, like, I think everybody's going to be like seeking out Cincinnati games to watch next year just so they can root against this guy. He leaves with an ultimate heel turn. And because... Yeah, we'll talk about the recruiting stuff and the class in a second. But because he leaves here after so much speculation about his job and so much debate over, you know, pro Scott, anti Scott, you guys aren't supporting him enough. You guys aren't being critical enough, all that stuff. Like now everybody's on the same page. We're like, okay, good riddance. And in that respect, I say this. This is the only time I'll say this on today's show. Thank you, Scott Satterfield. You did us a solid. You, you want to hear something I'll never say again? Thank you, Cincinnati. 
Thank you, Cincinnati. I mean, I listen, you finally your bad judgments and horrible taste, look at your Skyline Chili, is finally benefiting me. And you were talking about more unification. Us and Cincinnati fans who have never seen eye to eye about anything seem to both be equally pissed about this because they are not <laughs> I mean, if I'm a Cincinnati too. fan, I'm, yeah, I would be. I would look at Louisville, the little reaction that the Louisville fan base is giving going, do, 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 we really, do we really want this dude? I mean, they're 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 doing backflips over this. That was my so my initial reaction, of course, finding this out is is just surprise and you know where does Louisville go from here? And I can't believe this is happening. But my secondary reaction was, why is Cincinnati going after Scott Satterfield? Because this is a program that has they have done a fantastic job. Did the Reds GM become AD there? It, it's a it's strange to me. It's strange to the UC fans that I've talked to as well. UC has done an unreal job. At discovering head coaching talent in the last 20 years. They, they have gotten guys that who have not only have gone to Cincinnati and had an overwhelming level of success, but they've gotten guys that you know they're the real deal because they go to bigger programs and they've thrived there. I'm not going to make the same bad joke that I made on the podcast earlier, but you can check it out. Clark Chronicle Podcast. If you want terrible humor that's a little bit gallows humor. Um, Big word. Yeah. I look it up. I look up that word. I have to look up the podcast. It shocks me that, especially now in this situation where theoretically you could attract the most attractive candidate that you've ever had, the most established, most successful, highest resume candidate you've ever had, because you're going to the Big Twelve. Not only are you coming off of a playoff berth last year, you've killed it at the AAC level. You've been the the dominant program in that conference for the the you know basically since Louisville left the big the AAC and, and the, the last helping of conference realignment. But now you're going to one of the two big leagues, like one of the two leagues that has staying power, that's always going to have money, that's always going to have job security and stability. Like they should be able to go out there and get a guy who's coached at the power conference level and done more than Scott Satterfield has done, or the next up and coming assistant at a big time program. And they went out and got a guy that we weren't even sure we wanted to keep after three or four seasons, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to Cincinnati fans. And I watched his, uh, I saw the quotes from his introductory press conference. I watched his first meeting with his team. He said the exact same vague bleep that he said during our first meeting with his team, where he just says, all right, a bunch. He's like, all right, you know, I respect you guys. Had a good season. You deserve a lot of credit for that. We're going to get after it. We're going to just saying nothing like it was not anything that would cause any sort of enthusiasm. It was just and I saw that UC fans were kind of saying the same thing. It's all just bizarre to me. But at the end of the day, I don't hate it. I think I know you do. And I know some people listening probably do as well. I know some other people are, are more conflicted. I think this is a good day for Louisville Athletics. Why would I hate it? No, I said I, I know that you you certainly don't hate. Oh, it. Oh no, no, I love this. Is this I know is, where you stand on. Everybody yeah. knows where you stand on this. This is like this is like one of those situations where you kind of, it's like I feel like I've won twice. You so so last week we were talking about you know he he hit the the benchmark the, you know the bar as Scott Satterfield tends to do was cleared by the slimmest of margins. We said the guy needs to have a winning season this season. He won seven games, just absolutely did the bare minimum. Clears the bar, and, and you know you said. Do you want him fired now? And I'm like, I don't think you can fire him. The recruiting class, I think, if it's between firing and extending. I'm going extension. I'm not. I don't feel great about it, but that's where I'm going. And you said, Do you feel yes or no? Do you feel like he's the guy, even with this recruiting class, who can bring Louisville back to having those special seasons, 10, 11? And I said, We're all guessing. Got to use that as a precursor for any statement like this. Mm. But my answer was no. I, I I felt it in my heart that he was not the guy to get us to the promised land, even when the, we have an uptick in talent level, which is hopefully still coming very, very soon. 
You think no one in Cincinnati listens to this show? Yeah. Well, you never know that. There might be some Bearcats listening. Think any pain listens? I don't. I don't. Oh, I think I do. I, I, I'll get into that later. But his press conference last yesterday. Made we don't need to talk about basketball today. Okay, it's the saving grace of today. We don't need to talk about basketball. His today. press conference though last night made me think he listened to my show on the show on Wednesday when I filled in for you. Uh, I don't. I, don't, I think I don't, he was talking right to me. I don't think he did. It could, it could, it Maybe could, he did. Who knows? It could be the sickness and cough medicine I was on, but I'm pretty sure he was talking right to me. I'm pretty, I didn't think I heard him say Trevor. I don't. I don't think he did. <laughs> what was I saying now? I've, I've totally lost my train of thought. Oh, good luck. I'm coming off of COVID. You can't. You can't, I, you can't you're coming off of it. I'm on it. The interruptions are going to have to be minimal today because I, I maintaining my train of thought is tough. What was I? I don't even know what I was saying now. We were talking about how much we love the the University of Cincinnati. No. How their athletic director is a great guy. Oh, this is or a good girl. thing. Um, the now I think, even if you felt like I did that Satterfield was not the guy to deliver special seasons to get you back to 10, 11, 12 wins. We're in a situation where if you can maintain this recruiting class, or at least the core of it, which I think there are people at UofL who feel very confident in their ability to do so, and I'm going to go into to more detail on that coming up after the break. The, the, the playoff is expanding in two years. 2024, we're going to 12 teams. Let's say you do get a coach who proves pretty quickly he is that guy that we wanted Scott Satterfield to be. He's that guy that can take all this talent, put together a cohesive game plan, build the culture, inspire inspire these players to a point where seven and five and eight and four no longer the ceiling, no longer feel like they're the ceiling. Every now and then, this guy can get us to ten and two, eleven and one, flirting with being a top twelve team in the country. That's on the table now. If you nail this hire and you keep this recruiting class, you get some transfers. You bring back some of the key players from this past year's team that made the season uh, a winning one. All of a sudden, like, I feel like there is more enthusiasm for Louisville football in that situation than there has been at any point since Bobby Petrino left. Because for all the talk about Scott Satterfield maintaining, keeping the ship together this season, reeling off, what, four straight wins, winning five out of six after they had such a terrible start, he deserves credit for all of that. It's absolutely true. Even during that run, Attendance was abysmal. Interest in this program overall was abysmal. Excitement outside of the diehards, the people who are listening to the show right now, was low. People never bought back into Scott Satterfield after the South Carolina stuff. And I I say the South Carolina stuff, but it was coming on the heels of a dramatically underachieving season, which I think played an even bigger part than the South Carolina stuff. Having it happen back-to-back was sort of just like a double whammy. And people never really fully got back on board. Would they have if he'd wanted a higher level? Of course. Winning solves every problem. But they never did. Nobody thought that this was the guy. Nobody felt any sort of, I think, great respect or affinity for this guy. He just, it felt like a whatever type era. It felt like a we were just going to roll around in mediocrity forever. And because of that... There was as little excitement around surrounding Louisville football as there has been at any point since I've like, you know, been able to drink legally. It, it just it was just down. It was just whatever, and that wasn't going to change anytime soon. The recruiting class was a nice selling point. I think it would have helped in in two years maybe if the product had gotten better. But this upcoming season, the attendance numbers would still have been like forty to forty five k at best for home games. Now, I think you have a real chance. I think you have a real chance to catch lightning in the bottle for, a, for the first time in a long time. And give a chance to take some of the people that have been hanging out there on the periphery that are like, eh, I'll watch the game if it's on, but I'm not going to Cardinal Stadium. I'm not going to get excited about things. I don't feel it like the way I used to feel it. 
if you get the right hire, you bring in the right recruits, you get some big-time transfers, you have a full offseason of letting this guy, whoever he winds up being, really generate some enthusiasm in the way that Scott Satterfield couldn't, I think you'll see it'll be like those mid-aughts days where you were just hanging on every word of Charlie Strong or hanging on every word when Bobby Petrino came back. Like, I think the excitement will return. And that's why I think this is a very, very good day, assuming that the next couple of weeks go well. Now, if they don't, which is certainly a possibility, then it's just a it's another whatever day and we'll see how this all plays out. And it's going to be wait and see and have hope, kind of like we're doing on the basketball side of things. What I want from, and I promise I'll stop after this, along the same lines of what I'm just talking about, what I want out of this hire, whether it's Jeff Brom or anybody else, when you have a breakup that has gone poorly, you want characteristics in your next hire that the prior coach did not have. And I think what we need to have from this next hire, whoever he winds up being, is a fiery, in-your-face, Blanks to the wall type attitude, and I know you're not in your head. And he absolutely fits that profile. Got a guy with flame of chair. One of the exactly the the kind of guy who's not just gonna you know sit here for a press conference and speak in just hollow cliches and you know well you're gonna we want somebody who's going to act like this this means something to them like they give a damn who's going to get in your face and just really you know everybody always uses they after they watch any press conference that they want to believe in like oh, I'll run through a wall for that guy. People said that about Scott Satterfield, but it was just hope more than it was actual emotions. It was actually followed by the words to get away from. Yeah, I mean, it was just, <laughs> he never was that type of guy. You need that type of guy now. You need the anti-Satterfield when it comes to personality. And Jeff Brom definitely fits that mold, but if it's not Brom, then I think you want it to be somebody like him who just is going to be in your face screaming football, like, you know, it, the way it should be, right? Like, like we don't want Dabo Light. We, I, we don't. Maybe some of you did. I never did. I want somebody even if they're lying to you, who's going to act like they just would do anything to get Louisville back to winning football. And it goes to what I've been saying on the show for since we started, really. I never, ever felt like Scott Satterfield loved it here. I never felt like he was that guy. And we're so not used to that. Louisville's a place that gets it gets in your blood, man. I know I'm repeating myself if you listen to the podcast earlier, but think about like John L. Smith comes here after spending his whole life out West, no real ties to this area, didn't know anything about Louisville before he took the job. He lives here now. He's retired. He chose to spend the rest of his life here. Denny Crum comes out here after being a lifelong West Coaster, never leaves, never leaves, goes to every game, still here. He's going to be here forever. I mean, it is not a a rare thing for people to have no ties to this place and then just stay here because they love it so much. And... You never got that sense with Scott Satterfield. You never got that feeling that he cared about the culture here that much, that he had any sort of idea about the culture or any desire to learn about it. And there was just always this disconnect between him, the fan base, and feeling like this was a, you know, round peg in a square hole. Uh, I know that's the wrong square peg in a round hole. Yeah, they both don't fit. It, it, the, the fact of the matter is it didn't fit. It never felt. He never felt like one of us. Never did. And I'm I'm excited about the opportunity to land a guy, whether it's Brom, who obviously has direct ties and is quote-unquote one of us without any questions asked, who can be, who, who does fit this, who gets it, and who wants to be a part of this. 
it's a good day in my eyes. I'm happy. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts you want to just reel oh, off man. here before we take our first break? I, I don't. They're going to just come to me at willy nilly because I, like I said, my my mind's kind of a fog right now, and my nose is a little congested, and I'm kind of kind of loopy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been smoking all day, and I haven't smoked since Friday night. So, you know, right hand, left hand cigarettes. Um, Good way to start. Yeah, but <laughs> I just I, I don't I don't know what better way to wake up on a Monday morning than to like, I woke up I went to bed last night having like you said fever dreams, thinking about like my rant of, of Kenny Payne and and the Miami game and and you know how I'm pretty pretty sure he was talking to me at that press conference, um, and woke up and just just like Christmas morning like better than any Christmas morning I've ever woken up to. And just, I mean, it was this, the stereotype coming down the, the, the stairs and you see the bike and the red, you know, red rifle pellet gun and the, and the cookies are gone. And, and I mean, it was everything like out of, out of a, you know, out of a poem, Stephen Foster for you. <laughs> it was like something, it was, it was just like that. It was, it was like everything you, you, you envision. And I, and I got it waking up, just looking at my phone and seeing it and just thinking like, am I dreaming? Am I? Is is this the you know? Am I just out of it? Is this real? I mean, I'm I'm going through Twitter. I'm I'm loving life. I, I just it's a happy day for you. It's a happy day for me as long as everything work continues to work out the way it should. Because I I know we don't I don't want to bring it up right now, but it's going to be brought up if it's not made. If the decision isn't made probably within the next day or two. But if it isn't Brom, who would it be? And I don't even want to really think about that right now because I'm hoping that we can get there. I'm hoping that this deal will be done probably by Wednesday. Uh, five two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. I do love on big days. Like I, I pulled up the text line for the first time since last week, and we have like seventeen texts from before three o'clock. People just wanting to get in <laughs> before we can we start going here. We'll get to your text uh, tomorrow or next segment, I should say. I'll get to the Brom scoop a little bit. We can talk about uh, staff stuff. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what Josh Hurd said at his press conference, a little bit about what Scott Satterfield said at his press conference. It's so nice to have an AD with extra experience, not a failed businessman with no competence what to do. All right. Well, <laughs> once again, tired catching strays on this day. And we'll talk a little bit about the, surprising to me at least, reaction from within the team, from transfers, from former players, from, <laughs> I know I did, from, from commits, <laughs> from everybody. How uniform it's been, it all surprised me. All that is coming your way after the break here. Uh, we'll do that now. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X.
right, welcome back in. An eventful Monday here on the Mike Rutherford Show. All right, we share our opening thoughts here about Scott Satterfield going to Cincinnati in the, in the first segment. How excited I am. How excited are you? I almost want to get up and dance. Won't be the first time on the show that you dance. This is where we need YouTube videos. We, we, any day now. Any day now, the streaming's coming. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very tempted to get up and just, like, just start dancing here in a second. Don't do that. You're sick. Uh, I don't care. It's not good for you while you're sick. I, I don't care. You rest as much as possible. I don't care. You know what? Don't do it. Yes. He's dancing. I don't know what dance it's going to be. It's an old man. He's doing. It looks like the oh the, the the classic old guy, hands in the front, hands to the back type thing. Oh, Pee Wee Herman, baby. It's the Pee Wee Herman. He's excited, folks. If you were a Scott Satterfield detractor, and today's a good day for you, go to sleep tonight. Rest assured that you're not more excited than Trevor Kelsey is. He's the happiest man in Louisville. I saved all weekend to use that energy. I'm done. Let's yeah yeah you just, <laughs> you're out for the rest of the segment now. Let's talk now about what happens from this point moving forward. Uh, Josh Hurd had a press conference this afternoon. He did announce that Dion Branch will be the interim head coach for the, the the Fenway Bowl, which we haven't even mentioned the fact that Scott Satterfield left us for a program that we're playing in 12 days in a bowl game at a baseball stadium. Uh, Scott Satterfield did this announce last year too, didn't it? Did it? Wasn't it? Uh, was it sorta of with Cincinnati, right? Well, Cincinnati was Cincinnati in the playoff played last Notre year. Dame? Cincinnati was in the playoff last year. But didn't their defensive coordinator leave for Notre Dame when they were playing him in the playoff? And you are winded. Oh, shoot. Maybe, but like, still not the same thing. Not a head that was coach two leaving. days worth of energy saved up I to know. do that. Not, not a head coach leaving one program <laughs> for the next. Uh, Satterfield did announce during his press conference that he's not going to be coaching either team uh, in the game. But uh, we'll have Dion Branch coaching. Uh, Josh Hurd said, None of the assistants, none of the current assistants, are candidates for the job. He also said Dion is not a a candidate to be the full time head coach. He said he's not really interested in that. Dion's not really interested in that. So let's talk about what what happens next. I I've already tweeted this out. There's, I'm not breaking any news in the show. I expect Jeff Brom's going to be the next head coach at U of L. I had heard this was before I even knew anything that was going on. I had conversations this weekend um, on Saturday night actually after the watching. Purdue play Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. Not knowing that this job was going to open up, not knowing that anything was happening, was just texting with people. And, and this general sense amongst the Brom camp was Jeff kind of feels like he's he's had his run at Purdue. He's done what he wanted to do when he got here. Back-to-back eight-win seasons for the first time for that program since the mid-'90s when Joe Tiller was there. Went to the Big Ten Championship for the, the won the division for what, the second time ever. First time they were going for the first conference championship in tw- yeah. over 20 years. Done there. If the Louisville job hadn't opened up, I think there were other schools that were coming, calling, that were going to come calling for Jeff, and he was probably going to take one of those jobs. So clearly the holdups that were there in 2018 are not there anymore. And I get one of the most common questions I've had today is, if Jeff wouldn't take the job in 2018, why is he going to take it now? Right? Why why would he not? Sometimes, and I know it's hard to do in in sports as fans because we hear so many times, people giving hollow statements and we're also jaded at this point. Sometimes you just have to take people for their word. Like the explanation that Jeff gave in 2018 for why he didn't come to my understanding is exactly why he didn't come. He had just gotten to Purdue. He just landed the highest rate of recruiting class in that program's history. He'd promised those kids this vision that he had. He'd been there one year. And he felt like if I leave now, 
it's just a really crappy thing to do. And he was torn because I do think he wanted to come here and take the job, but he well, sold these kids on a vision and he didn't. He felt like backing out of that after you know, five months, doing kind of what Deion Sanders is doing in Jackson State, where he sold these kids on this is what's going to happen, this is what it's going to And then, boom, the first time he gets the jo- a job that he really wants, he bolts. I-, I do think he was torn, but I think he felt like this was the right thing to do. Well, we, we as fans aren't used to seeing the, 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 the attribute of loyalty come from a coach. Or honesty, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean we've, if anything, we've seen that, that firsthand the last 24 <laughs> yeah. hours. I mean, if anything, that's, that just shows you the loyalty that he had by going to, went to Purdue, and I, and I get that, and it was... It sucked if we just, you know, Trino had given up on that team just one year sooner, maybe. I mean, who knows? I think it was a tough situation for him. I think it was made harder by the fact that there were multiple family members, including some who coached with him, who really wanted him to take the Louisville job. Mm -hmm. And he ended up— Happy birthday to uh, Brady Brom. Happy birthday, Brady. If you're listening, we love you. Um, What a great birthday. I think he was genuinely torn, and I think he ended up doing what he thought was the right thing to do. I think that— yeah, that recruiting class is, is long gone. Besides, Aiden O'Connell was a walk on in 2017 who just finished up his <laughs> they, his career there. They would not let you forget that he was like I know. eighth year, like an eighth string. It's not like Rob Schneider necessarily. Like, he was the only man around when the Beatles were still together. I know. <laughs> I think now he feels like he did what he set out to do. I think he felt that way last year too. I mean, we we talked about it on the radio show. I think he was very willing to take the job this time, almost exactly a year ago when it, there were talks between. Um, his agent and Vince Tyree, and there was some thought that maybe Scott Satterfield would not be getting another year and that Jeff might come in at that point. And I think now he's certainly ready to make that move. And I do think it's going to happen. I do think it's going to be relatively soon. I know Wednesday's kind of the buzz talk out there. Really? I, I just did that one out from my butt. Oh, just, you did? Yeah. It's that's There's some chatter out there that I mean, it could just, be Wednesday. I think that working, whoever it is, the faster the better. Portal open today. This is yeah, all- yeah, that's why I said Wednesday. I figured a day yeah. to, to travel, day to talk. Let's get it over with. This is no awful. reason to, to drag our feet. This is awful timing to lose a head coach. Just genuinely speaking, it's not. You know, I still think it's a good day for us. But portal opening today is not when you want to be kind of thrown into chaos. One because you don't want guys to leave, and two because you want to start targeting players who you think can help your program before they start getting snatched up. So the sooner the better, and I do think that will work quickly whether it's Jeff or somebody else. And I do think it's going to wind up being Jeff. The other thing that, and I mentioned this on the podcast kind of in passing, and I've since gotten updated information on this, there was some thought before this job ever even opened up that if it did open up, Steve Clarkson, who is is Pierce Clarkson's dad, future UofL quarterback, who's been instrumental in getting this recruiting class together, there was some thought that maybe he wasn't a big Jeff Brom guy. I'm not sure exactly where that came from, but I heard it from multiple people. have heard in the recent hours that not only is he okay with Jeff, Steve Clarkson, that's his choice. He wants, he wants it to be Jeff Brom. The recruiting class wants it to be Jeff Brom apparently. And if it is Jeff Brom, Clarkson feels confident that he's going to be able to, you know, the core of that class is going to remain intact and they're going to come here and play for Louisville. That's no small thing. Whether we're talking about this year or future years, like that's a big time deal. It all sounds good at this point. I'm I'm not saying that this is a rock-solid deal. We found out, I mean, hell, like in 2018, that things can fall apart and they can fall apart quickly. People can have changes of heart. I think Josh Hurd, I'm sure, will will reach out to more than just one candidate. He'll probably talk to some other people. He'll kick the tires on some some big-time potential hires. But 
I do think that when all is said and done, Jeff Brom is going to be the next head coach at Louisville. And I know there are differing opinions out there. I'm excited about it. Very excited about it. I know there are differing opinions. I know exactly where you stand on the matter. Yeah, it's B.O.B. Brom or bust, baby. <laughs> there's no, there's no other way around it. I'm curious who else he does interview. Like, does he just like walk in and like sit down with Dion? Like, you want the job? No, cool. Interviewed. Like, walk out. Well, no, he says straight up to the press conference, like Dion's not a candidate. Was he? Was Dion on the currently on the staff? Or he was director of player development and alumni relations. Okay, he was, took that job in January. He, he was doing kind of what Eric so Wood did last. We're doing year. kind of just Saturday with this thing with, with, with the bowl game, I guess. Well, I think his issue is. Which is fine. Satterfield said today during his press conference, like he's taking multiple members of his staff from U of L with him to UC, and until you know who those people are, like you don't want one of them to, to you know, you want to name, you know, Pete Thomas interim head coach today, no, and have him wind up going and you know taking the job at Cincinnati in three days. And you don't know how many people that the new coaching staff, hopefully being Brom, obviously, this would want to keep off this staff. I mean, he's going to want to bring from his other staff. Sure, you know, Purdue may want to. You know, if he does leave, they may want to promote one of you know somebody from his staff. That goes, I would doubt that, but you never yeah. know. Uh, I, let's just be honest. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. You know, you know, as long as he's just taking Brian Brown with him, I'm happy. Brian Brown, who got some support nationally to be the next head oh, coach. Oh, good lord! If there was ever like <laughs> seeing Bruce Feldman tweet that, that was like watching Russell Wilson play quarterback this year. Just retire, dude. You have clearly gone past your prime. You were once maybe a great journalist, but it is you're, you're, it's done, dude. You're over. You're, you're you're looking like you're like Peyton Manning in his last year with the Broncos out there. You can't even get a five yard out route with with some spin on it. I, I mean, that's just no. Don't don't just you should you should delete that right away. As much as I think Brian Brown did a, he's uh, the only one in the entire Twitter universe that even I suggested it. As much as I think Brown did a terrific job this year and deserves you know, the, the praise that he's gotten nationally and, and locally. Um, I would not. It, it's it's not enough of a small of a sample size for me to just say he should be even a candidate to hand the reins to. Like that's that was ridiculous. But yeah, I have no problem giving him a little more praise now that he's going to be leaving. Yeah, he, he now <laughs> maybe it was a little bit more you like, than just that. Like when you when you break up, and you're kind of like you know she wasn't that bad. Yeah, you know yeah of course she you know you know tore my tires up and lit my lit my shoes on fire in the bathtub. But you know there were good times, right? <laughs> Speaking of bad, bad breakups and being able to see things clearly once the split has happened, I was shocked. Shocked is maybe overselling it. I was very surprised at the uniformity in the responses from Louisville players, both current and former, some committed recruits, some transfers, some parents of players reacting to Satterfield leaving. Because usually there's, there's, even when Petrino, who was, not a player-friendly coach. Even when he was let go in 2018, there was a whole lot of like back and forth. Like you did see some people come out and they're like, "Thank God, like happy to get that jackass out of here and all that stuff." But there were like a lot of players that went to bat for him on social media. I haven't seen like anybody going to bat for Scott Satterfield here. In fact, a lot of players are telling stories. It's not just current players who are jaded by him leaving. There's a lot of that. But there are also like some former players and some parents of players telling stories that I guess they didn't feel comfortable telling until now. You've got Dana Kennard, who was a walk-on at Louisville until Satterfield gave him a scholarship, saying, I had a lot of respect for that man for the sheer fact that he put me on scholarship and gave me a chance. But now, zero. You've got Yasir Abdullah's dad coming out in a string of tweets saying, Coach Satterfield's heart was never in the Ville. He was trying to leave after year one. 
My son has been at Louisville for five years, and I've never spoken with a guy. He never built a relationship with parents or players. You've got Des Fitzpatrick who says, the last thing I'm going to say is, when the South Carolina job rumors were floated, he made us tweet about how well he was treating us, but wouldn't tell his players that he was leaving in person. He was never honest with us. You've got uh, Des Fitzpatrick's dad saying, he told me, he asked me to speak to the team a couple of years ago, which I did. And his exact quote in front of another staff member before the meeting was, I'm a 40-something-year-old white guy. I don't know what to say to them. Not a great look. None of this is, is good. And then you've got the, the classic string. I mean, Keon Wakefield, who was he played here for Mail, was a transfer, said, LOL, I've been saying that he was a fraud. Who I brought up the other day was like, is he still here? Remember, we brought he was not. Up? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were talking about the, the, the kid from who went to, to Kentucky, Isaiah Cummings. No, I brought him up too. Okay. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of people saying just like, you know, see ya. You know, a lot of emojis. Des Tell saying, never let us know that he was going to a team that we're playing next week. Um, I mean, all this stuff. And it's and Jonathan Grenard, who transferred, said, you know, why do you think I didn't come back? All for sure be coming back now that he and Tyra are gone. You've got, uh, it was Keon Wakefield saying, you know, I got my degree from U of L, but I transferred for my last year of eligibility. And when I came back for Alumni Day, they wouldn't let me on the field because they said I wasn't a Cardinal. Like all this stuff. Like they, they said that he had to give back. He, he, said, he barely got on the field when he was playing. I know. They, they said the staff told. It doesn't matter. Like you should be able. Know, you're an alum. Joking. You played here. He said the the staff told him he had to give back his Ali uniform, or they were going to charge him three hundred dollars for it. And he like got none of his memory. You know, they typically give the players all their jerseys, all their stuff when they graduate. He said he got none of that. I mean, it was just like, that's oh, a bad look. It's a terrible look. Like all of this stuff is not a good look. You've got Kurt commits doing like the bye bye emoji stuff. Like like all the. Like, I mean, the transfer portal was filling up somewhat quickly over the last 48, 72 hours. It was. I and mean, it was getting to the point where I saw some writers being like, ah, I miss this guy transferring out of here. It's it's not. I mean, one of the funniest exchanges was Jalen Smith brought up a tweet, former Louisville wide receiver, brought up a tweet from like two years ago where he'd criticized the program. And Ian Pfeiffer, former Louisville tight end, had who was current a current player on the team, said, bro, you haven't been involved in this program for two years. You've got no idea what's going on. And Jalen brought that up today and said, poor Ian, he probably still thinks the coaches give a damn. And then Ian Fiverr said, with the, the crying laughing emojis, I was a paid actor. Come on. <laughs> like, all of these guys are basically saying, like, yeah, the dude was fake and we knew he was fake. But we had to do what we had to do. Like, I'm just glad we waited until after he signed the contract in Cincinnati to bring this up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's some of it probably... He sounds like he's perfect for Cincinnati, though, to be honest with you. Maybe, I... Just don't like Cincinnati. And look, I fully understand that there's a possibility that I'm saying all this and we're saying it's a good day and we're, we're bringing up all the you know people kind of bagging on Satterfield and maybe he just crushes it, Cincinnati. Maybe he leads, makes them the Big Twelve power over you know that replaces Oklahoma and Texas. I don't think that's going to happen. That would be annoying, wouldn't it? It would be it would be more than annoying. It'd be it'd be pretty soul crushing. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. It's a possibility. But it strikes me as odd that one of our biggest complaints, and according to a lot of people, I'm not thinking I'm breaking news here the last three years, one of Satterfield's kind of issues here at Louisville was he just wasn't a great cultural fit for this program or this city. Cincinnati's not like, it's not like he's going from here back to Boone, North Carolina. Cincinnati's not that different from Louisville. It's basically part of Kentucky. It's yeah. northern Kentucky. The cities are not that far away. It's only an hour drive. 
The the cultures are not that different. The only major difference between his situation here and his situation there is that he's going from a pro sports team without a or pro sports city without a pro sports team. Again, one of the big four. Don't get mad at me, soccer fans. I, I get it. And we're minor league baseball fans. We have minor league and pro sports teams and an I was NWSL just team. You got that out without the tongue twisting. That was, that was Thank tough. You. But he is now going to a, a city where the Bearcats are never going to be the biggest show in town. They're always going to be playing, you know, third or fourth fiddle, not even second fiddle. Well, they're not even they're not even first fiddle on their own campus. That's basketball. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's changed a little bit, but there's, yeah, it's still basketball. It's school. still a basketball yeah. first school, and yeah. it's going to be probably for the. But he's used to that. But he's not used to you know all attention being on the Bengals, the Reds, you know, FC Cincinnati, anything but the Bearcats. <laughs> he's right? looking at the Reds and be like, "Wow, I can screw up and they're I can, they're still going to show up." Is that what I'm told in Cincinnati? Where else are you going to go? But my point is this. Does it not strike you as odd that this is the move that he's making? Not just because it's a lateral move, but because it's a lateral move to a program and a city that shares a lot in common with parts of the the problem, theoretically, that he had with being here. I mean, it's a lateral move, which makes me say that Satterfield just wanted out of Louisville. He did. And that's that's fine. Listen, I mean, whether it be... You know, I mean, this we've talked about it. You know, his family didn't even move here to what year two or he, he was here over a year before his family even moved back. Well, n- not all of them. One, one of the sons None for of a semester some, stayed yeah. back. Yeah, and 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 you know, and so I mean, he just obviously didn't want to be here. Whether it be the fan, just up, tired of hearing the fan base whine about him, complain about him, and, and trust me, Scott, you gave us all reasons to do it, uh, or or whatever his reasons may be. I mean, that's it, it, that's the only way you make a lateral move like that. Like, so I get for Satterfield making a lateral move to Cincinnati that way, but I just don't get why Cincinnati would do it. I mean, I, it baffles And I'm not even going to really try to think about it too hard because I'm just so happy they did it that I really don't even, like, I don't even care. It's like, I, I don't know why, why why Christina slept with me my freshman year. I'm just happy she did it. Just thought it was cool. I just, yeah. Good for, I'm just, thank God for her. I, like, I, I'm not going to try to break down the reasoning why, but I'm just glad it happened. I guess we should say also, we're, we're kind of, I should have prefaced this during in the initial statement. Like, my understanding, and this is not anything that's not already out there, is that this all came about because Saturday night, Satterfield and his, his agent, Jimmy Sexton, came to Josh Hurd and, like we all expected, wanted a contract extension. Yeah, you know, we all said he's either going to get fired or he's going to get an extension. There's going to be no middle ground. And, I said no. I said let him play it out, but, you but know. Th- that was never going to happen. I know it wasn't because when Josh Hurd says exactly what you said, like when he, when he tries to do that and says we're not giving the extension that you want, we're not giving you the money that you want, immediately Satterfield starts looking for other jobs, yeah. and Sexton gets him a Cincinnati job, and so that's you know, that's why he's leaving. I love you, Sexton. It's yeah. Must send him like a Christmas card or something. And that's cake. that's how we get to where we are right now, which is Scott Satterfield making this seemingly strange move to Cincinnati. I mean, the best part is he's going to a team that I just don't like. Like, anything better would have been if, like, UK hired him. Yeah. I've been, like, the only, like, that would have just been the best part of it. Maybe Memphis State. But I, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't like, I, I never, like, disliked Memphis State's football as much as their basketball. Because so they're not relevant. Yeah, exactly. They never were relevant. Then You know, they did beat us at one time. But, I mean, so Cincinnati was just one I just never liked. I mean, right up there with SMU and, and Kentucky and obviously, but. So like, like, if he'd gone anywhere, like that was like the only best job he could take for me. And he's just right up the road. Right up the road. Um, no, are, are, because of this, are we going to get this robber renewed again? Maybe. I mean, maybe not. Just because you know, now they're making the move to the Big Twelve, which is going to have probably more conference games recently. They're only going to. True. Yeah. I'll say this: like I would, if they're up for it, 
if we do wind up getting dropped by Kentucky when the SEC expands to non-conference games, I would be fully on board with making them like our permanent like non-conference rival group game. Like we have a we have a rivalry trophy, we have history. They're going to be in a power conference. Um, I'm they have our old coach. I'm all for it. Let me ask you this: this again, this is always going to be a guess, but as of, on December fifth, two thousand twenty-two, in three years, is Satterfield still the coach of Cincinnati? In three, in three years. So this we're talking about like after his third season just wrapped his up. His third season just finished. Oh, that's a good question. Is he still the coach of Cincinnati? Because I don't think he's going to be overly successful. Because they caught lightning in a bottle getting like Desmond Ritter from from here in Saint X. I mean that was. I mean, Luke Pickle just kind of, I don't want to say got lucky, but I mean, you, but you got to. I mean, you saw that with Louisville when you get Brom and Bush and, and, and so sometimes you just got to catch lightning and bomb. And since they did that with Ritter and, and let's be real, and some too, of the other players they had like Sauce Gardner and Alec Pierce and company, but they're, they're, they're going into the Big 12 with the same mindset that we had going into the ACC. Yeah. Which was, we may take a small step <laughs> yeah. back, but we're not going to take a gigantic <laughs> step back. And we found out firsthand that it doesn't always go that way. Yeah. <laughs> like if you I mean remember like we were kind of upset with with Bobby Petrino for only going nine and three two out of those three first seasons and we're like man nine and three you know we we expected to have some t- like and now we're like nine and three are you kidding me like <laughs> they may have that same if they go to the big 12 and they're only like eight and four playing a much better schedule they may not be like celebrating Scott Satter for the way that he thinks he deserves to be celebrated for that if they're going eight and four I mean it's I don't know and I don't know that they are like my answer is yes. I think that's the safer answer, just because most coaches are going to get more than three years if they just are okay. And we've got you got to respect Scott Satterfield's ability to be mediocre. Like so, I'm going to say yes, but that is a very very soft yes. I'm going to say yes, just on the grounds that if the AD is is whacking up to hire him, he's whacking up to keep him for over three years. I think you might be right. My last question. I know we have to go to break. I only knew their AD is. Do you know who it is? Who cares? Okay. My I last question we have, before we go to break. Girl. That house ever get built? <laughs> Still building that house? Should we TP his house before he leaves? Is it for sale? <laughs> I don't think I don't think the house was ever real. I don't think he was ever building a house. <laughs> I want to see. It was just a house of cards. It was just like a. It was an outside frame, like in Blazing Saddles, when they built the the fake city to fool the uh, the, the the bad guys. It's I want to see the blueprints. Fr- it's just a frame of the outside. There's no like actual inside to it. I want to see the lease. You want to see it? I want to see the papers. Okay. Pull that bad boy up on Zillow. Tell me where to go, Scott. <laughs> I want to see this house. We've got to go to break when we come back. Hour number two is on the way. We've, you've heard our thoughts. We want to hear yours. Now we'll go to the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Back in. I always roll past me. I don't know why. 
Because you're so jolly. <laughs> Monday edition here of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. It is a good day. I said it was a good day. Trevor Kelsey, you know he thought it was a good day. Let me ask you a question. Think about this a little bit seriously. Wednesday, I text you and tell you on Monday, Satterfield's leaving for another job. I don't say what job, but another job. And we're going we're gonna to aim to get Brom finally. Would you have asked me how sick I am, stoned I am, drunk I am? What, what, what would your reaction been if I'd said that up to you on Wednesday? I didn't. I would have been surprised. You're like, sure. I'm having fever dreams still. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is, again, I'm repeating myself if you listen to the podcast. This is something that I did not bring to air, but there was talk really throughout the season, starting the week after the Syracuse loss. There were some people who, you know, don't just make stuff up, who have sources who are saying, you know, we're kind of hearing that regardless of how the season plays out, Satterfield's going to leave after this year. Like, whether it's being so bad that he's fired whether it's you know him just just you know going back to App State in some role or, or going like he just he doesn't want to be here. There's a disconnect between him and the university. Clearly, he doesn't like you know, he, he's just not happy. And that talk kind of continued even when the team was playing well. There were people out there who would tell me that. And I always kind of viewed the season through that lens. I never really fully like thought that that like bought into that theory. I thought for sure like you know if he's you know he's given these. Party in the locker room stuff, which can we all agree now? Which you know, it's not, not not the coolest. Um, can we just get over the the coaches partying in the locker room thing in, yeah. uh, in general? I mean, it's just it's. But I, I kept thinking, you know, if he's if he's willing to to plug away like this, if he's not just going to do what Petrino did in 2018, pack it up and call it a season and move on, then there's at least a part of him that wants to be here. I didn't realize that maybe you know I wasn't thinking that he's just trying to make sure that he's more attractive for a good job. But there probably was something to that. I, I, I do think if U of L, you know, meets his demands for a contract extension, then he's probably still Louisville's head coach. But I also understand why Josh would say, you know, no. <laughs> you know, you, 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 Jimmy Sexton is always going to get the biggest and the best. He was probably asking for more than Satterfield deserved in Hurd's eyes and in the eyes of most of the fan base. And Josh held his ground and, you know, lost his head coach to Cincinnati which may not wind up being the worst thing in the world. I would have been surprised. I wouldn't have been like, it wouldn't have been the most shocking thing that I've ever heard, but I would, I certainly would not have thought that it was, it was going to play out like this at all. I mean, biggest surprise departure since with John L maybe. And even then though, it's hard to compare because it, it might be bigger, but only, and I always say this because John L leaves in a non-internet era. Yeah. Not, not that well, there was internet, but you know what I mean? You didn't have social media. You didn't have, you didn't have what we have now. Like to 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 come just come out of nowhere and wake up on a Monday morning. Yeah, there was no smoke and no buzz. Yeah, exactly. See, no smoke, no 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 hints. I mean, you get a hint almost to everything now. I mean, we had the only, whether you believed it or not. Now, maybe there was something on a message board. I don't know. Not that I knew of. I mean, I know sometimes I surprised you can take that with a grain of salt with some message board stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, literally. I mean, you wake up Monday morning, and and you'd have told me. Uh, to quote Clark Griswold, I wouldn't have been more shocked if I woke up with my face sewed to the carpet. The only reason why I think there was a lot of surprise with the Charlie Strong and Bob Petrino exits was because there had been so much smoke before, and they did they, they worked yeah. so hard to kind of put to better. You know, Charlie Strong gives the you know my word is my bond you know speech. Petrino, after he signs his new contract, is like this should tell you that I want to be here for as long as possible. Like all that stuff. So it was more about the timing because they both those times happened exactly a year 
after they had just re-upped their contracts and kind of reaffirmed, you know, hey, I may have flirted with this other school, but this is where I truly want to be. I think we all knew that it was possible, probably even more likely than not, that they were going to leave at some point. It's strong with the Texas job open. You knew it was, it was you, you had to be a little worried, and I was, obviously. Sure. The Petrino one, I guess, I don't want to say caught me off guard, but I mean, the fact he had turned down the Raiders, supposedly, you know, already to that point, you know, it's kind of like. I was surprised. I felt like he was. Just, it was inevitable the other shoe was going to drop at some point. You you knew Bobby was not going to change his. He wasn't yeah. going to stop talking to schools. But the fact that it was like the Falcons and it was the day after the Orange Bowl. Now some and again that was kind of it wasn't pre-internet, but it wasn't like it is. And it was pre-social media. No, I remember ESPN News like going to it live and and doing like breaking news on it. Because like, a lot of people now, I mean, Keith Wynn has, has told the story before about you know, his mom worked in athletics back at that time, and he saw. Bobby after the game and like the way that he was interacting with people like the look on his face and he was like talk- and Keith was like oh man that guy's leaving like, like it's done so it, it, like if, if that had happened in 2016 you've probably got some people like Keith or, or like him you know, tweeting it out or putting it on a message board and there's a little bit of buzz there but like when I found out the next day that he was gone like it really like I hadn't heard anything it blew me away I was surprised but this still yeah probably the most just out of the blue overall departure Probably, John L's probably right, the right Yeah, because even Howard, you knew he was upset with the whole conference. Yeah, thing. he made it very clear, like, don't yeah. do this, don't do this, don't, don't do this, or this else. Conference. I mean, you, I don't think he wanted to leave, but it was like, you know, if you're going to do it, then I'm not staying. And so you knew it was kind of, he was going to, like you said, the issue could drop and it was going to happen. But yeah, John L just happening at halftime, just, yeah, kind of, what the bleep? <laughs> Our coaches never fail to make it interesting when they do leave. No, no, they don't. Like I said, I remember the Trino thing was all over ESPN News at the time. It was. You know, ESPN News. I feel like I'm an old man just even bringing up ESPN News. It's still news. on. It's still ESPN News. Yeah, we guess. start some games on there sometimes <laughs> when, when ESPN's poor scheduling. It's called ESPN News, but the ESPN News I think of is the old, like, the the, the, the news ticker thing that would right. go on that repeat yeah. for like an hour every hour. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, Petrino the first time doing that, the second time leaving during his, being announced during his coach's show. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's. It's, it's it's we 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 have a we have a uh, a definitely a uh, a flair for the dramatic when it comes to our coaches departing. We certainly do, and I do love now. Now we have a, a Fenway Bowl that the last two years has been canceled by COVID, and this That's season really. <laughs> this season will feature uh, the, the head coach of one team being the head coach of the other team twelve days prior. This is the first two Fenway Bowls. Too. Has there ever been an actual Fenway Bowl? There have. Okay. I can see that being the first two, and they both being canceled. But I also saw like the so the the way that the field is set up. It's a little I know about the both soul. teams are on the same sideline. There's only one sideline, so that makes yeah because of the way the the base. <laughs> this is a horrible setup. This is, I mean you've already got some bad blood here. You've already got like yeah, the was... Louisville players that are going to stick around for this game want to kill these guys. Cincinnati players already don't like Louisville. They probably want to play for the keg of nails. Like this has the potential to be just a an absolute catastrophe. For the, the, the people who are putting on this game. Wow. Best ratings you'll get from a Wednesday 2 p.m. game ever. Well, it's Saturday at 11 a.m. I so. thought that was a Wednesday. I thought we were a Wednesday game. No, it's it's Saturday morning. 11 a.m. Uh, I saw the wrong time. On ESPN. Well, now actually I'm happy. I thought it was yeah. going to be a Wednesday day game. Yeah. We would have gotten off the show, but that's okay. <laughs> Other than that, it's a great thing. I mean, at least it's not, at least we're not playing you know the same time as the basketball, UK, UL basketball game. Hmm. <laughs> If you're a Kentucky fan and you're paying attention to basketball on that day, you're not a real fan. I'm no, saying that. you're not. You've got football first. Until I mean, it's over, it's football first. Can, can, can the scheduling committee put any more gasoline under the fire that is Stoops and Calipari by doing this? They're also playing like the most boring opponent and one that they played last year. But it's also an opponent that, that they gave an extension to their coach because 
that's the biggest threat of losing probably Stoops is to Iowa, right? Still, UK could not have. I mean, you've already beaten them. Like you beat them last year, that's and they're true, boring. Yeah. Like that's it's not. And I know it's Music City Bowl, and there's and obviously it's so close, and, and Nashville's fun for New Year's and all that stuff. But that had to have been like the worst possible landing spot for them. I feel like I'm, is, I don't want to speak for UK fans. Was the old runner in the game like six? Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sex lines. We'll take your thoughts now. Again, this is going to be one of those days where we're not going to get to every thought. I'm sorry. We will get to as many as possible though, um, because it's a it's a big day. Texture says, "What are the odds that Trevor even knows that Satterfield has left yet?" Oh, I knew. He knew. I mean, I couldn't help but get like my phone like between you, Patrick, uh, some other friends of mine. Shout out to D Yates and Ronnie and. Other people just text me, just like you. You're gonna, you can't, you can't wait to see this. You're gonna love this. So yeah, I, I found out. About it. I just didn't react to it until I didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah, well, uh, it's real and it was spectacular. Just, it was, yes. Texas, do we keep Nocta in the recruiting class? Judging by the cryptic tweets, I think our recruiting class is okay. As far as Pete Nocta is concerned, he's the one guy. I mean, he's stayed here through multiple administrations. He, I'd like to keep him. I think it depends on who you hire. If you hire Jeff Brom, I think he probably, I think he and, and Pete get along. I think they they know each other. Um, was he playing here when Brom was here as the quarterback? When Brian was, Brian. Okay, so okay. I think that he would probably stay at that point. I think he wants to stay. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to speak for Pete, but I would assume that he wants to stay. Um, I mean, he wouldn't want to go to Cincinnati. And as far as the recruiting class is concerned, I think. I mean, I, I know people were reacting to Jordan Church being a decommit over the weekend. That's been coming for a while. I think if it happened before the, this announcement was made. Yeah, I, I don't want to, but people were using that as like leverage for their whole takes of like, well, I told you it was flimsy. Like all these guys are on flip watch and all this stuff. Jordan Church, first of all, he didn't start for IMG Academy this year. He, he had a, he got beat out for a starting spot. It was kind of a bad. Th- there was a lot of talk that he was overrated as a recruit, and this again, I don't want to do the whole revisionist history. I mean, he sucks because he's not coming here anymore. But there had been talk for weeks that maybe he wasn't going to be a part of this class anymore and it was going to be a mutual thing. I don't know if that's how it played out, but it was not a surprise to see him at some point between November and signing day announce that he was going to go elsewhere. I I don't don't think it's indicative of this class unraveling is what I'm trying to say. I think obviously all recruits are important, but let's just be honest. To the the masses of fans— there's only three names that are that are being that are circled in, in this recruiting class. Of, of who yeah, I don't wanna... know if that's true. Well, I mean, Owens, Moore, and, and Clarkson, right? I think Sanker gets a lot of love because he's such a highly rated lineman. I think Aaron Williams gets a lot of love too. Is one of the highest rated cornerbacks. Like those okay. are like two of those guys are rated higher than Clarkson. So, but Clarkson's the focal well, point for obvious reasons. I think that Owens would be. Would you be? Are you worried about Owens now at the running game though? I'm not worried about Owens. Okay, he's one of the guys who he, like. I think there was a little bit of word with Clarkson because he talked about, you know, I, I want Satterfield to stay. And, you know, his dad, was he going to be okay with, with whoever the next hire is, all this stuff. Owens is the one guy in this class, the one highly touted guy, who I think was kind of, he was bought into UofL. And it didn't matter who you were going to hire. I think he's probably going to hold firm. And I think if you if you do get Jeff Brom, it's he'll stay. Do you feel a little bit better about possibly keeping more now with Brom? If, if, again, uh, let's, the assumption that Jeff Brom is the next head coach. Maybe. He, he's the one Bosco kid that's a little bit of a wild card. He's taking the visits. But I think, with Brom's coaching style and offense, you would think that it would be more enticing. You would you, hope, exactly. Yeah, you, you'd hope for sure. Um, Hope's a good thing. Hope is a good thing. You, you've also heard, and I, I said this on the show before, you know, Steve Clarkson, with his son coming in next year, I think people were like, well, is he gonna, does he really want competition for Pierce next year does he want 
Steve Clarkson has made it a priority to try to help Louisville with regards to getting a transfer quarterback for next season. I think he understands that his, his kid is a true freshman, maybe does not want to be thrown to the fire. I think he probably wants him to play a little bit next year, but understands that it's maybe not be the best thing in the world for Louisville or for his kid to be a true freshman quarterback with you know inexperienced specialty players around him at a lot of places. So I think for everybody concerned, landing a big-time grad transfer oh, or regular man. transfer quarterback is, is – is a top priority right now. I mean, assuming he's going to be healthy, there's one name, uh, the perfect name that would be would, would fit. Who's that? Dennis Leary. Devin? Him too. Is he? He's not in the portal. Yes, he is. Is he in the portal? He entered the portal today. Is every ACC quarterback in the portal? Yes, they are. Brennan Armstrong's in there. There's another one. The kid, uh, Phil Dracovich from Boston College is in there. Yep. I didn't realize Leary was in there. I thought he was going to go pro. I'm pretty sure he entered the portal today as a great Wow. I mean, that would be... Now, again, this yeah. could be the fever dreams I was having this morning. Because, again, I'm pretty sure Kenny Payne called me out in the press conference, too. But I'm pretty sure I saw Leary enter the He grade. did. You're right. Yeah, five, okay. five hours ago, he announced... Uh, He's, he's Look at it. you. I'm breaking news to you on the show. You are. I wow, would, wow. My, the tables have turned on the shoe on the other foot. This would actually be the perfect situation because oh, yeah. he's got one year left. He's, so if you're looking for a one-year guy, this, this man has thrown 62 touchdowns and over almost 7,000 yards. He's, whew, yeah, that, that would be that, perfect. Uh, Brahms offense, that would be. Make it happen. Whew, make it happen. Yeah, we've got Keaton Slovis in the in the portal as well from Pitt. Yeah, wow. uh, Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech in the portal. <laughs> You've got five out of the fourteen quarterbacks in the portal, and there's been all sorts of rumblings that DJ Uyunglele uh, from Clemson is going to be in the portal as well. Oh, yes, a guy who has you know, his dad has spoken highly about Louisville and has has direct ties to to Pierce Clarkson. Uh, he played. He, DJ Uyu was the the quarterback at St. John Bosco back in the day before Clarkson took over. So it, there's some talk there, but. Half of the conference is going to have quarterbacks in the portal is now. Cunningham eligibility to transfer? Maybe. Who knows? Him and Aiden O'Connell. Just have them switch spots. He'll go to Purdue. We'll bring Aiden O'Connell over there. We have two 26-year-old quarterbacks duking it out. <laughs> Texas says, Mike, my mind is blown. Several questions. One, how fast can we get Brom here? Um, no. Fast, I think. Two, is Brom, is his offense attractive enough for Ruben Owens? I would hope so. I think ideal. I mean, you know, I mean, he runs the ball. He just doesn't run it. Is, I mean, he's more of a four to one pass the run ratio. But. And I think that's out of necessity more than it is. They haven't had good running backs up there. I mean, the last running back they had that was decent was the Knox kid, and I mean, he still ran for like almost a thousand. I think he had like eight nine hundred yards rushing. Uh, he says, "Can we get a Brom Painter package deal?" Would be. I think we could sign up for that at this point. Yeah, we ain't getting we we ain't getting Painter. <laughs> well, we're Trev. We have a coach. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying if we didn't have a coach, I don't think we're getting Painter. Uh, it says, most importantly, what's going to happen to the Satterfield house that he's building. It didn't exist. It's, it's not real. It was never real. I'm standing by that. It's just a movie set. The house didn't happen. It, it's, it is like one of those where you, like, you just like push it over at the end. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it just falls over, yeah. It's a Shyamalanian twist. <laughs> he was never building the house after all. The house was never real. Nobody lived here. He's been working out of the Galt house this entire time. Texture says, uh, so what do you guys want to talk about today? Football. <laughs> how, about, how about those Lions, baby? Texas, what's the most important question of the day? What middle reliever should the Reds go after? <laughs> I did want, I said, on, on, there's so much happening with U of Like This is not a small story, but it's small in the, the grand scheme of things right now. I wanted somebody to ask Josh Hurd, hey, Josh, you know, 
Peyton Verholst uh, of the women's basketball team has entered the transfer portal. Can you can you speak real quickly to that? Like, just bring that up out of nowhere. Like, first or second question, it didn't happen. But I would have yeah, given women, five dollars. Another down weekend. So. I, there, it won't happen today because we have a lot on our plates. But there needs to be a segment. We will need to de- devote a segment to the women's basketball team because it is there's something going on. This was going to be a very negative day had not been. For, oh my god, Satterfield. The net rankings came out today, and Louisville is 361st out of 363 teams. That would have taken up the whole show on who, a normal day. Who, who are the only two behind us? I don't know. I don't. I, I would have known if we were going to talk about <laughs> Love it. Love of God, I hope it's A and M sport. A and M's one of them. <laughs> there are there are four winless teams in the sport, and we're one. I mean, I did see Colorado lost again this weekend too. In or California, I'm sorry. Oh, California. Yeah, Cal. I, I'm sorry, I did the wrong. Yeah, my bad. Brett Dawson's doing a story for the CD. I, I hope I'm not blowing up his spot here about a theoretical, like like a or a hypothetical game between Louisville and Cal, and asked me to like <laughs> give my prediction for it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, we win by one in a game with 73 turnovers. What do you want me to say? Like they they've been better against power teams than we have. They've they haven't lost by more than 15. We've been better against bad teams than they have. It's a movable object versus the unstoppable force. Like listen, I. I don't want to lose five hundred dollars in any form or fashion to anyone. I mean, you're way. going to, but it's just it just it, it does bother me more if I lose because EMU gets like four wins and I still lose. We've lost five straight games by fifteen Wouldn't points matter, or more. By the way, for what? the first time in program history, seven out of eight on a parlay. I hate you, Washington, with a passion. Uh, seven out of eight. Texas says, "Do you think Lance Taylor or Pete Nocta will go with Sat? I don't think Pete will. Lance, I." I'm very curious to see who goes. I mean, I think the obvious. I could see him go unless he gets another offer somewhere. I mean, he's still kind of a hot commodity, right? But he's not. Like, I think Satterfield has his guys that have been with him for multiple years at, very, at multiple stops. Yeah, Brown, I think yeah. most of those guys. Are, yeah, Brian Brown's going to go with him to yeah, that's Cincinnati. You know that. Yeah. I think Pete Thomas is kind of a wild card. He came with him from App State. I think he'll probably go with him. I can see him making Pete his offensive coordinator and Lance taking, whether it's staying at Louisville but taking another opportunity or t- or taking another opportunity. Um, Nick Cardwell's probably going to go with him. I would if I had to guess. Crime dog's gone. Wes McGriff. I don't know. I I, I don't know what what will happen there. Um, but the the App State guys that came over are probably all gone. Some of the new guys may go as well. It's going to be. I, I'm curious to see how that plays out because he's not going to keep anybody from UC staff. I don't think. Texas I mean, says, what's, if there, how many are left? I mean, how much is, is Pickle taking with him? Yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, he lost the DC from last year. I mean, so. Texas says, time started the rumor that Satterfield only left because he couldn't tolerate being linked to the worst Power 5 basketball team of all time. <laughs> I don't think that happened. <laughs> he watched us get beaten out and was like, I'm going to Cincinnati. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> He's watching like loving basketball. Like, what are they playing for? Your heart. You know, if that's the case, then I'm glad we lost. I would fall. We're going to go 0 and 8. I, I have no problem falling on the sword for one game to, lose, to improve the football team. Uh, Texas, whoever is named head coach, hopefully Brom, needs to hire Alex Cupper as O line coach just for his potential pregame speeches to the team, if nothing else. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to his segment with Trevor from last week's show. I mean, you I, told me that he dropped the S bomb twice. No, 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 three. Three times? Okay. Three. And the best part was, was he did it once, and and Patrick didn't catch it. I did, because like my ears are like trained to hear like curse words. Like you may, be, I may not understand the half the things you say to me, and they go one in and way out the other. But I hear a curse word at, at Park Up. Then he did the second one, and Patrick heard it. And I'm like, he did it. So the third time he did it, I even like specifically worded the question was without being too 
using profanity, how would you like describe, you know, the Louisville, Kentucky, the state of the program? Yeah, yeah. Like, I even like pointed out without saying, please don't cuss. <laughs> and he still dropped another one. I'm like, but wait. At, at the end of it, I was like, well, you know what? I'm kind of just glad at least you drop an F bomb on me. As you tell the story, <laughs> Cupper just messaged me and said, oh, gives a bleep. He's a radio pro. He, he wanted to do that when he was doing the, the analyst work for the radio team. I mean, it's my own fault. I shouldn't have asked him to tell me like Wade Phillips and Bum Phillips stories without, or Rex Ryan story without getting probably a curse word in there. So. Look, we need more of that around the program. Like, I mean, we need more F you and who gives a bleeping. And <laughs> it's football, for God's sake. You're right, because you know what? We've had four years of oh, shucks, wine, wine, L's down. That's your being mean to us. Yeah. Th- we, we, we need get get off my freaking lawn or I'm going to wedge you and throw you off my lawn myself. We need somebody to step up to Mark Stoops and say, you're not going to bully me. Here's a wet willy for you. Ultimately, I think that's how Satterfield gets remembered is – Whining about those damn. Getting his ass kicked by Kentucky. Yeah. Not understanding the rivalry to a degree that he's whining about else down after the first game. <laughs> he couldn't beat he couldn't beat UK wait till Cincinnati season will against Ohio State. I mean yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the, the, again, the culture at Cincinnati is not that different from like they they're not gonna play. put up with that. Like they are like, I, I'm seeing the way that some of their social media people are describing the hire, like some of their, their fan media people who are like He's got that dog, and I'm like, no, he does not. Like, you can like just, a poodle. You can describe <laughs> him in a lot of ways. He's not. He's not that guy. To quote a famous TikTok, you're not that guy, bud. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. But like, that's if you want to call him like a the Dabo light stuff that was there. Like, he's a he's a player's coach. He's the nice guy, but he's a he's a killer when it comes to X's nose. That's fine. But he's not that like that. He does not scream Cincinnati to you. Like Bobby Hug- Bob Huggins. If this were the '90s. Would absolutely stuff Scott Satterfield in a locker and walk away. Like, like, no, oh, yeah. He does not fit that type of culture if that's what you see is going for whatsoever. Texter says 502 414 Was his house in the arrested development neighborhood? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. About. <laughs> I think that's what's happening here. That's a good one. It's very much that type of situation. Texas says it's got to be Brom. It irritates me to no end when fans that don't want him just point out his record without acknowledging the dumpster fire that Purdue was before he got there and the turnaround that he's done. Yeah, I mean, context is important when you talk about a guy who walked into a program that had been 5-23 and 23 under the, the, the prior regime and then immediately turned them around to the point that they're upsetting teams. I know that, that you know, it's not a flawless hire for sure. There's, I don't think there's no. one that exists. There are things to nitpick for certain, but it's also not as simple as he's the exact same as Scott Satterfield. They have the same records. They have same, The situations are totally different. I mean, just look at the fact that, the, again, the stat that I brought up earlier, he led them to back-to-back Eight win seasons for the first time since the mid '90s. Like that is not a program that knows success. That doesn't really. They don't have the infrastructure that Louisville has. They don't have the built-in advantage that Louisville does. And all you have to do to understand this is watch a Purdue game and see how like just inferior they were. A lot of times they were. Everything had to go right for them to have shots but, against but these Mike, better teams. The, the Big Ten West was just weak anyway. It was. I'm sorry, but uh, the AFC, the, the ACC, whatever side we were on, wasn't moving any freaking needles. Well, the coastal's the worst side of our. Conference. Well, it's worse, but it doesn't mean the other one's that much. I mean, other, short of Clemson, I mean, is 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 Florida State, who's the second quote unquote second, maybe the second best team, are they really that much better than Minnesota with or without Tanner Morgan? I mean, are really that much better with than, than Wisconsin? I think they're better. Illinois, yes. 
I don't know. Illinois was pretty decent this year. I think Illinois probably beats Florida State. Maybe I think they the can, Atlantic's they better split. than the Big Ten West. I think we can have a discussion without, think, without making that. I think I think you just you're looking at apples and apples. I think it's very similar. It's average teams that that could you know maybe pull off an upset, but no one is going to make me go. And at least with Brahma, what I hope people don't think like they get like their head in the clouds of this the the aura that has become Brian of, of Jeff Brom, but. Like I don't expect Brom to come here and like go like twelve and zero like multiple seasons and start taking us to undefeated. What I do expect to see is consistent minimum eight win seasons, and here's here's something we haven't had in a while: the thought of actually maybe winning a game going into a big game. I haven't had that feeling in I don't remember when. Like when's the last time we went into a Clemson game? And thought, I mean, I guess a little bit maybe this yeah, year. Yeah, we thought we had a shot this year. Yeah, but Clemson's also down, too. And we still didn't win. I mean, Kentucky, we st- it just... Brom's going to give you that hope again. Whether it's because you did guarantee a win over UK this time last year. <laughs> well. <laughs> fever dreams. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're both gone. Case, case in point. Screw, screw a skillet and an egg. Kids, that's why you stay off drugs. Yeah. When you pick a guaranteed win over Kentucky a year ago. Screw this is my brain. This is what your brain looks like. That That's really what your brain looks like on drugs. I mean, it's not a... I know that he lost some games that he probably shouldn't have lost to Purdue. But having... I think most Louisville fans would sign up for that exchange at this point. Well, I mean, where you win a couple of top five games, but you exchange maybe a loss to... I mean, hell, we're, we're having some of those losses already. We should not have lost to a three-win Boston College team this season. But I think just having that excitement is it's better to have that give and take when it comes to bad wins or great wins but bad losses than it is to just beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, lose the teams you're supposed to lose to, and be six and six or seven and five in perpetuity, which is kind of what it where it felt like we were headed and what we've been doing for the last few years. I mean, did he have a bad loss? I mean, other than the Syracuse game, which I don't, it's hard to consider a loss since. He really didn't lose that game. The refs pretty much stole it from him. They should have won that game, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 when they, Syracuse only won because they got a pass interference call where their guy tackled the defender and they gave him the ball back. But, I mean, other than that, maybe the Iowa game? And Iowa still, I mean. Yeah, they got manhandled pretty bad in that. But that was an Iowa team. I wasn't talking just about like this season. I was talking okay. about during his tenure at, at, at Purdue. Like well, he, he had the, yeah. The, three the top five wins, but they would have some bad losses sprinkled in there. The COVID year was the, the bad year. Yeah. The 2020 year. Yeah. And I think, look. What you said, too, is, is accurate. It's kind of driving me crazy that I think because this fan base is so divided on so so many different things, you've got people that are like, well, if Jeff Brown doesn't go 11-1 and one now, I hope you guys are correct. Like, that's not that's what I don't want people to start building. And it's going to happen. I know it is. It's going to happen because, I mean, you had some people, people who are mad about Kenny Payne getting criticized, which, you know, that list is getting shorter and shorter because at some point you've got to say, like, you know, historically the worst start for any power conference team almost ever deserves to be criticized at least to an extent, even if you think he can be the guy long-term. But there are still some people out there who, like yesterday, people aren't going to criticize Jeff Walls the same way that they're criticizing Kenny Payne. He lost to Middle Tennessee. I'm like, it's not. The man's been to four Final Fours and two national title games. Like we know that Jeff won a game. Nobody's happy about us losing to Middle Tennessee. The two things are not 
it's not apples to apples. Like you cannot, you can. But there's already some of that talk. I hope if Jeff doesn't win, like you guys, yeah. If Jeff goes five and seven and six and six every year for the first four years, yeah, we're gonna be pissed. Yeah, we're gonna call him out. Like it's there's no way around it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if he, I'm not gonna go for the man's head if they go eight and four next season when he's on the job, or if they go seven and five, that's what we were kind of expecting with Satterfield anyway. It depends on how the seven and five works out too, and and what we do in the portal, yeah. what we do like what the roster winds up. There's a lot of there, and, and again, it's we're not even sure that Jeff Brom's gonna be the head coach, so. We, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but Purdue did, go, did well in the portal part. I mean, they brought in Charlie Jones from Iowa. Was it Iowa or State he came from? I mean, he was pretty. I think good. it was Iowa. He's a beast. Yeah, I mean, he was that was a pretty good transfer. Yeah, for sure. All right, we, we've got to go to break here. Before we do, though, reminding you, if you have heating problems this winter, it's getting cold out there. It's very cold out there. If your heat goes out at any point this uh, this winter, and you need somebody to come fix it so you can sleep safely through the night. AirServe has technicians available for you 24-7. Call them any hour, any day at 502-264-9662. Someone will be there to take your call, and a technician will be available to come out to your home and fix your problem and make sure that you are sleeping comfortably and with the highest quality air. 502-264-9662 is the number. AirServe.com slash Louisville is the website. AirServe, your home team. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More Jeff Brom, more Scott Satterfield, more Cincinnati, more whatever talk coming your way via the Thornton Sax line here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Stands my suitcase and guitar in hand And every stop is neatly planned For a poet and a one-man band Forward bound I wish I was Forward bound Brom When my thoughts are escaping Brom When my music's playing Brom When my love lies waiting silently for me Homeward Brom. Welcome back in. Rutherford Show Monday here. Album. On 1450 and 961, The Big X. Ah, God, my voice again. <laughs> it's a great album. It's a big day. That's the, one thing my, that's the one thing my voice doesn't usually do is crack. It does everything else under the sun, but I never get a crack. It, it, it used to never. Like, since I started doing the show again, it just it, I don't know if it's the what. illness or what, but it's just it is, it's like I'm 14 again. Or <laughs> Walked on. I'm excited like I'm 14 again. Yeah, you are You are pretty pumped. You, you're bringing the energy. It's what we thought, even though you're under the weather. But uh, we are reacting, of course, to Scott Satterfield making the move to Cincinnati. I love all the UK fans on the text line just continue to be like, why don't you guys talk basketball, you cowards? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to avoid. T- We've got three months of this to do. I don't know if you've watched any of the games this year. It's not getting any better. I don't think it's going to get any better. We can only do so many three-hour shows dedicated to being historically bad and saying in no uncertain terms, this is bad. It shouldn't be that bad. I'm grateful for at least one show here in December where we can focus on something else. Thank Exactly. Let us have one three-hour day of non-misery. It's bad, guys. That's, what do you want me to say? That's all I'm asking. They're just, a bad team. Can I just have one day off? Even God got a day off for, for Pete's sake. Texas, can Trevor recap himself finding out? I just tuned into the show. <laughs> I woke up. Saw text saying that you you're gonna you I can't exact quote now I don't have it in front of me because my phone's on, right in front of me, uh you know saying that you're gonna crazy news can't wait to see it and um I honestly didn't believe it when I went to Twitter like I went to Twitter and I like looking stuff up and 
almost didn't want to believe it. I went back to sleep and thought, I'm going to wake up and this is all going to be a dream. And what a mean dream to have. Yeah. And then I woke up and it was true. And I was like, this is awesome. This is the first time I ever woke up like thinking it was a dream and it wasn't a dream. It wasn't. It wasn't. Usually just the pillows is all sticky. There's says you can't talk about volleyball. We can. Uh, Danny Bush from Kelly and Company. Two sweeps over the weekend. Sweeping, by the way, Purdue on uh, Saturday in the second round. Maybe that was for their That's right, Purdue. You know, Jeff was watching. He's like, oh, really? That's, what conv- that's what's going to be convincing. That seems to me like a superior athletic program if they're just dominating us that thoroughly in volleyball. Now, was that the second round against That was Purdue? the second round. So we, we're in Sweet 16. We destroyed Samford on Friday night oh, that, in the yeah. first round, then beat Purdue in Saturday in the second round, and now we move on to the Sweet 16, which, by the way, will be played this week at this weekend at the KFCM Center. It kind of sucks for, like, I was thinking about, you know, if they're playing at 7, going out there after the show, maybe taking Virginia, she would like that, at the Yum Center. Cool. But, in, unfortunately, the first match between Nebraska and, I think, Oregon – is going down at um, 11 a.m. at the Yum Center, and then Louisville's going to play after that. So they'll be playing probably like while we're on the air, which... Oh, what day is it on? Friday. I was going to say, because Louisville plays basketball on Saturday at 1, don't they? Uh, the Saturday final, the, the, the regional final, assuming Louisville does make it through yeah. to the Elite Eight, will be at 4 p.m. on Saturday. So th- that'll be better. But Friday at like you know 2 in the afternoon just kind of sucks. Is Louisville a road game this weekend? In basketball? Yeah. Yeah, we're at Florida State. Okay. Okay, my bad. I just knew we played Saturday at like one. I just couldn't remember if it was home or away. It's a winnable game. It's a winnable game. <laughs> yeah, one whole week to prepare for it. One and nine, Florida State. I tell you what, t- text her. I will. I, do, I will. I will pull this out. Give me, give me like two minutes for this. Okay. Wednesday, I spent all Wednesday ranting about the the basketball game. Shocking. The, the only time I didn't rant about it was when I was hoping Alex didn't cuss too much, or when I was talking <laughs> World Cup soccer with TJ or being made fun of by Roush. The rest of the time, I was. And the core of my rant was, I just, I'm tired of being told, every press conference was the same. It was, the kids aren't learning this, the kids aren't adjusting to this, they're not picking up that. The kids, 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 I was like, I'm tired. At one point, you're going to take blame for yourself. And at this point, I'm sick of it after the Maryland game. This coaching staff has to up and say, maybe it's us. Maybe it's the craftsmen and not the tools. So when Kenny Payne comes out in that press conference on Sunday, and the first thing he does is takes blame and even makes the statement of there's some people out there that would like to meet. I know been one happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm like, he was listening to the show. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's made that statement during the week or at some point last week or at any other point. But it was just the coincidence in it all was like, there's no, he's, he's a fan of the show. Now I don't feel bad about saying the mean things I said because somebody's got a lot of fire under that butt. But it is 100% true. At some point, this coach staff is going to have to accept it that we're to blame. I mean, the talent is not – I mean, I get there's not this talent level on this team. It's not Final Four, probably not even like tournament level. But for the love of God, it is not 35-plus points worse than every team, Division Power 5 team we played this year. No. And that is on the coaching staff. And that is point blank on Kenny Payne and these assistants. And whether he wants to admit it or not, and I think he somewhat did. I don't know if it was in tongue in cheek, but it is. And he's going to. Now you have a week, a full week to prepare for a team that is winnable. One and nine. And there is, if this team is, I, I mean, if they don't win the game, but fall short of like down the wire, I'm going to be upset, but I'm not going to be as upset. If they come out and poop the bed again, oh man, 
God love you for even being upset. Because I, I think most people are just like, at this point, who cares? Like it's no, they, I care. They've never. I mean, we care, but like individual results, do they even matter at this point? We're we're zero and nine. We're historically bad. The program had never had four straight games where they've lost by fifteen points or more before this season. They've lost five straight games by fifteen points it, or more. They, they, like it, it's it's somebody to your point messaged me today and they're like they brought up Chris Mack's quote last year where he's talking about you know like. I never know what I'm getting from these players on a day-to-day basis. It seems like they I don't know what motivates them. I'm trying to figure it out. And he's like, he's like, how can you you're not blame the players? I'm like, we're having the worst season of any power conference team ever. You can blame everybody. When that's the case, there's nobody who's not to blame at that point. This is an all-systems failure. Everybody's to blame. The past, the present, the coaches, the players, the water boys, Kenny Klein for leaving us on an island. Everybody gets blamed. This is, it should never, ever, 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 ever be this bad. You should never be hanging in the 200s in Ken Palm. We all know Kenny's first season was right after the 40-41 season. Yeah. And, and and that's why we didn't, you know, we were that so— That 40-41 team, man. I talked to my buddy's grandfather's coach at the team. He's like, he's smiling down going, thank you, Kenny. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the, I mean, small victories is all I can get for. One thing that has annoyed me, and, and I, I know we got plenty of time to rant about the basketball Yeah, team, we don't need to talk about the basketball I know. Why are you doing I, this? Because it's been on my, it's bugging me. One thing that does annoy me that is that at some point he's got, and you use the phrase I want to use for it, at some point he's got to stop trying to shove a, a round peg into a square hole. Second time today. And that's the, and that's what we're doing. I know, I, clearly Kenny wants to play kind of up-tempo, fast, transition. This team is not going to do that. This team, when you make them play fast, guess what? They're turning the ball over. There was turnovers in that Miami game that it, that led to such wide open layups. I thought we could have got awarded assist for it. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, I texted you this on yesterday, last night, where I was like, it's not good when you're not shocked at 19 turnovers. You're shocked you had six assists. Because I don't even remember seeing six assists in that game. This team, this team Kenny Payne and his staff have to sit down Take a very good look at themselves and go, listen, we want to build this kind of team and we want this kind of program. We want this kind of playing style. That's not going to work with what we have right now. And because of that, this team has to slow it down. You need to teach spacing, working it inside. He brought up the size thing. I you got I mean, I know it's not just on the big man, but I mean you have other guys, Mike James can work into the post. You can work Withers in the post out of the three. Huntley Hatfield. Curry. I'm begging you to stop talking about basketball. I mean, I'm begging I just, you. It's, Everybody in the next line is like, please make him stop. What do you mean? We've mean, got we we can do this all day tomorrow. We can do this all we, any other day but today. We don't we we've got. I know. Well, I, it'll be all week. Don't get me wrong. It's I mean, gonna be for three months, Trev. Like we, we've watched this team not get any better for a month and a half. They're not gonna get any better for moving forward. We can find little things. We can have the same conversation a million times. It's it's Satterfield. It's Cincinnati Day. <laughs> Or is, is Cincinnati better? Which one's better? What's the, what are the options again? Cincinnati or Cincinnati? I'm going with the first. One. I think Cincinnati's better. Cincinnati. I think anything is better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although people do want to talk about LLs tweeting at me yesterday. Did you see that? You told me, but I didn't see it. It. I felt bad about what happened. Ellis because... took the first shot of that game, and I was like, "Can he play? And just take him out of the game right now." Yeah, I wanted him out. Like five seconds in the game, I was like, just take, I, I "You got to teach him a lesson." Let me tell the story. I, I felt bad about what happened because, you know, the running joke has become after every during every game, yeah. the nineteen forty forty one team just gets crushed. Like you know, people are like, "Yeah, first time we've had multiple players soil themselves on the bench since nineteen forty forty one And somebody <laughs> sent me a clip of the latest installment of that, which is at the end of the game, 
the announcers bring up the well, shout out to Perry Clark by the way. Announcers bring up the <laughs> Perry Clark. They do the whole thing where it's like, yeah, the, the first blah 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 losing streak, first thing since 1940-41. They mentioned it multiple times, and I responded by just saying, these poor pastors are just getting crushed every time, every 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 time out. And LL sees this, thinks that I'm talking about his team, and says, "Bastards?" Question mark. You better watch your mouth. And I'm like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the 1940-41 team. It's a joke. And somebody's like, well, "Why didn't you say these those bastards?" So these, I'm like, it's because I'm referencing a tweet that's also about the 40-41 team. And I was like, I, I finally, I was like, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I would hope that people who've been following even a little bit of that would understand that I'm never going to say bastards disparagingly in reference to any Louisville basketball players. I'm a bastard. And Ellis ended up d- deleting his tweet, which I, I did feel bad that a player saw that and thought that I was saying, like, these bastards, like, get a, you know, because they're, they're hearing it enough from everyone. Like, they know they're not playing well. Um, but I, I did feel bad about that. But it was just a misunderstanding. I did love uh, Jason Riley. I think I liked it. it was, yeah, because I think he tweets. Uh, yesterday says Louisville has lost five straight games by at least 15 points for the first time in program history. Riley's tweet response to it was, "Really, what tweak did the 44 to one team make?" Because <laughs> clearly we need to do it to this team. We did win two of our last three that year. Did we really? started 0 and 11. They finished two and 14. <laughs> they were coached by the baseball coach. They had the baseball coach in there. <laughs> My buddy's grandpa, who did hire Peck Hickman though a couple years later. There you go. That's all that matters. Yeah. It, it had a happy ending. That's all we're looking for here. Some sort of happy coached ending. football at some point. I do love that story. Somebody was like, I, he's like, in my eyes, like all the 4041 teams are just a bunch of Kyle Mooney. I'm like, we actually found out that our producer's grand, friend's grandpa was the coach, and he just did it because they couldn't find somebody else. Yeah. They didn't want to pay anybody, and they're like, hey, the baseball coach will do it. And so he just did and it. His son in law would end up being Howard Stacy, who was, who's took over when Nickman passed and then was the interim coach before Crum came in. Yeah. And that'd be the first only father son in duo in coach for a little, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Texas, what are your thoughts on Dion basically telling the current Colorado players that they suck and he's bringing his own luggage, even stating their son is the starting quarterback during his own press conference? Well, their quarterback already left anyway. I didn't mind it. I mean, he's – I don't know how well it's going to work out there, but when you're inheriting a 1-11 in team that couldn't stay within 40 points of most teams they played, yeah. Like, you're just telling it like it is. Like, most of those guys probably aren't going to play for them next year. Like, he's fine with you leaving because he can bring in better players. And, yeah, he did. He referred to his son as the quarterback, which – He's probably going to be. He's put up two big seasons of numbers at, at Jackson State. Um, we wanted him here. I know a lot of U of L people too today. I, I got the text a bunch like, if this just happens last week, we could have gotten Deion Sanders, which you know. I mean, I'm taking maybe. I'm taking Brom over Sanders anyway. Still, the Deion thing is maybe I would regret that in five years, but I'm I'm, I'm still I would. I'm know. curious to see how it goes. He's going to get players there. There's no question about yeah. it. He's going to have a lot of attention on himself. Um, and he look, he said he was going to do things at Jackson State that he wound up doing in. in pretty short amount of time um a little uh, different winning at jackson for, for sure but again he we're gonna find out like it, it'd be one thing if he went there and said he was going to you know win swag titles and fell flat on his face he dominated that conference the last two years we'll see how it translates to the fbs level in, in a pac-12 conference but at this point he's called a shot and he's he's made good on it I'm, so assuming, far. I'm assuming the defensive back is going there with him too the hunter kid it sounds like it yeah i would assume i mean he could have called out i mean he could take Colorado back to their glory days of the 90s, you know, hopefully without the false religion, sodomy, and, and hookers, though. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you're watching the Bill McCarthy, like, 30 for 30. It's such a piece of crap. No. They, they do everything to make it sound like he was, like, this great guy. I'm like, dude, your team was, like, raping teammates and stuff. It was horrible. Sad. Colorado was a cesspool in the 90s. But they were good. They were. I mean, 
It's a story for a lot of programs that were good. Two words. Ray Carruth. Okay. <laughs> could be worse. Could be worse. Scandals could be worse. Texas says, you know it was a pretty bad breakup, but it had to happen for both sides. One thing's for sure, though. Scott's D is one we'll always fantasize about. <laughs> the legend of Scott's D. I mean, for a very be. short period of time. Hey, wasn't that short? The D, it was, it was pretty <laughs> short. It was bad for three years. It was, it was, we, had some, we got some bad. It was long enough. We had three years of bad D. We powered through that, <laughs> taught him how to use it, had a brief brief period of, of good D. And, uh, <laughs> Swivelness. <laughs> but not enough to, to have us you know, yearning for more, right? We're, we're fine with parting with the D. Yeah, I think we're good. We're good with it. Texas says Christmas came early this year. He can take that high school offense with him. It is a high school offense. Speaking of high schools, poor male. Yeah. Got beat on a really special. Is there, is there going to be a trick play in the end of every big high school game now? That whole playoffs was like just people going for two point conversions and running trick plays. Was, Manuel did it but failed, unfortunately. Well, the only the only male the only ones that didn't pick up the trick play was Manuel, who just ran like a quarterback dive to yeah. the right side. Maybe run a trick play, Manuel. They had won a they won a state title. If we'd had you know Duke and Ryan coaching that squad, it'd be six A state champs. I would have just put. Yeah, they they put Trey Ryan at quarterback. It'd have been all good. Well, they, that's how they that's how they got in the position yeah. to have the two point conversion just was a throw. trick play. Texas says, um, did anyone ask Josh Hurd today about the new field turf that we are finally getting installed before next season? Because that's what everyone is dying to know. I would have killed for that question. I would have. <laughs> he gives this whole thing about Scott Satter, if he's got Deion Branch sitting next to him, or if like the first question was like, have you had any conversations with Kenny Payne about what <laughs> just like anything about basketball? Like a lacrosse question, maybe. Rick Bozich here, WDRB. Uh, <laughs> Where are we on the naming rights of Papa John of the <laughs> Cardinal Stadium right now? We've been hearing it's around the what was Vince's phrase? It's it's, it's around the corner or whatever. Yeah, it's like the seats getting being painted. Yeah, <laughs> is the new hitting facility for the baseball program? Is that what's the status there? Dion Branch, like, are you kidding me? I'm not even coaching this dude. Texas says, uh, bring Brom home, guy." To the news when he woke up this morning, it's a funny gif of uh, Big Baby oh, licking you know, the lips. He was excited. Are, does, assuming that if we do get Jeff Brom, I love the tweets like bring Brom home. Guy's been Satterfield or heard this whole time, and yada, yada. What's I'm saying? If we get Jeff Brom, if Brom comes home, does BBH guy reveal himself? Can I he mean, get? Uh, we know he listens to the show. Can yeah. he be unmasked on the show? Is it Patrick? I don't think it might be. I, I mean, Patrick's in school, though. I don't know. He doesn't have that much time. What What does he change himself to? Welcome home, Brom. But then, just like, but then you're just like, there's no point. You don't have a, a mission anymore. If you're just tweeting "Welcome home, Brom" on everybody's tweets, I'm just thinking, you see Kentucky just uh, you retire. You, you you hang the banner. You have one final tweet. You pin it, and then mission accomplished. You, you can retire the account. You're a legend. In some respects, Patrick just texts at hashtag brought Brom home. Yeah, but you don't need to like repeat that anymore. Like it's done. It's the, done. Yeah, the, the, the bit's over. Like, speaking of bits, like Kentucky, can you have some originality? I mean, they're doing like bring Cohen back or something like that now. It's like that's apparently going to happen, right? That's, I mean, maybe, but the word. Dude, I mean, Kentucky's bad enough. You rip off Kansas State's logo. You don't have a hand signal, so you just mock ours. Liam Cohen was one of the coaches that was <laughs> being talked about as a candidate for the Louisville job today, too. Really? Yeah, it's out there. Maybe we're bringing Liam home. Uh, yeah, two of the, the candidates that are out there on the short list are guys with UK ties. Uh, the House guy is the other one who's coach at UK for Purdue. Texas, the BC quarterback, by the way, is going to Pitt. I did not see that. Phil Djokovic is going to Pitt, replacing Slovis. A lot of incestuous uh, transferring in the ACC. Like Pitt's like, 
wow, this slow, uncoordinated, <laughs> sucky white guy. He's going to work this time. Didn't work. So let's bring in the other one, the exact same quarterback. <laughs> Take two. You know what? Pretty, if, if there's anything you, you can say what you want about Pitt, they're persistent, man. They're not giving up. They know what they like, and they're sticking to it. Texas says, as a girl, I can tell you this is what always happens. You finally train him up and his D, and he takes off for someone just like you. They reap our hard work. It's a great text. If we were, if we were still doing text of the day, that would be my choice. I don't know. I feel like, like it left us for like a skankier version. It did. It did. It did, yeah. Thought, thought too much of his D. Got a little too high on his horse. Uh, we got to go to break. Five o'clock hours on the way next. A lot of people are asking for Ugh. the Jeff Brom scoop. We missed it. Can you rehash it? Well, I'll throw that out there at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll get into that. Kind of maybe a little bit more on our initial thoughts on, on Scott Satterfield. We haven't already talked about. And all that good stuff. I mean, we've, talked, we've talked about it, but we, we can, okay. I'll bring it up again. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Stocks line as well. Hour number three. It's on the way next. Right here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I wish I Welcome in. Five o'clock hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961 FM. Coming to you as always from the UofL College of Business Studios. If you want to find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process, visit business.louisville.edu. We spent two hours talking about it. We're going to spend one more. Scott Satterfield off to Cincinnati, coaching the UC Bearcats, <laughs> our Fenway Bowl opponent in just 12 days. Uh, what's next for UofL football? We'll get to that Um I did see during the break, some people sent this in, Ruben Owens, who I said I felt confident about Louisville keeping, has taken you all the UofL stuff out of his social media profiles. So, well, he just wants to have an open mind, maybe. Not overly encouraging. I mean, he still has the tattoo. He still has the tattoo. <laughs> There's a report out there that uh, TCU uh, and Texas A&M will still come hard after him, try to get him to, to take another maybe late visit before signing day. We'll see what happens there. They this is why you've also got Pierce Clarkson, who I think took the UofL stuff out of his, his Instagram profile, but it's still there on Twitter. Again, hard-hitting news here. This is why moving quickly is a necessity right now. You've got the transfer portal opening it up today. You've got signing day just around the bend, the early signing day, where you were planning on getting all these kids that were going to be early enrollees. I mean, you've got... It is a very short window 
to name whoever's going to be your next head coach. This has to be an expedited process. I mean, if you're Brom, who, again, we've kind of pointed out, does have loyalty, which is, you know, a rare thing in some coaches today. Good loyalty. I mean, it's, he takes the job, though. It's, I guess he's not coaching this, their Citrus Bowl. I would assume so. Yeah, you, you, you can't sit around. The Citrus Bowl is a late bowl, too. You can't yeah. sit around and wait for that to happen. You've got to, if, if he's the guy, you've got to go now. And people, for people who are wondering about, you know, you teased Brom Scoop, I missed it, what wasn't I won't do the entire thing, but based on what I've heard, I don't think anything's set in stone. I think there's still things that need to happen, but I do think that Jeff Brom's going to, at the end of the day, be the next head coach at UFL. I do think it will be a relatively quick process because it has to be a relatively quick process. And I have heard that, you know, despite what we're just talking about with Pierce Clarkson, there was at least, there's been a conversation between notable UFL boosters, notable UFL folks and Steve Clarkson, Pierce Clarkson's father, who's been instrumental in helping put this class together. And he seems to have given Jeff Brom his, his vote of confidence. He seems to, to be I mean, on board with Jeff, which is a big bonus when it comes to the potential of keeping this recruiting class together. I mean, if there was anything to the truth of last this, you know, this time last year with, with the negotiations, I would think there's a basis for the contract already put together, right? Well, different idea at that time. So. True. Agent's but you, you, you kind of have, you kind of at least know kind of you know the framework you're starting from. I would think. Yeah, I mean, I think that you can. You know, there's a lot of talk. Can you get him on the cheap? I, I think Jeff would at this point. I'm not going to speak for Jeff, but I, I no. think there's probably there's a chance that he would take this job for less than maybe somebody else in his position would. Well, I don't know if it'd be less as much as it'd be uh, the the contract be backladen, where you're, you're you're pushing back to where you're getting them you're getting paid less your first year two or three. To where it goes heavy, you're just like four or five, you type of thing. Could be. You see that in the NFL all the time. I mean, it's it's not uncommon for contracts in the NFL where they do that, so they can build around you right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think more like I do think just based on what I'd heard last year that he would be willing. People are like, well, will you take a pay cut to come here? I think he would. Um, I I think that that's what he wants. I think that's what he was willing to say last year. I think now again, I won't, I'm not going to rehash the entire spiel from the. The, the, the first hour, but the timing wasn't right in 2018. He said as much. Mm-hmm. The timing is, is right now. It's perfect. Uh, it's perfect for all parties, including if this is the guy that you want, and if Jeff does want to come back here and take over this program that means so much to him and his family, which I think both those things are true, the timing could not be more right. I mean, I think the timing was perfect this time last year, but it didn't work out, and as disappointing as it was, to, to have it maybe finally come to fruition is a good thing. Yeah, but there still there still would have been a little bit of awkwardness. You still would have had some pushback from people saying it wasn't right to get rid of Scott Satterfield. We got to see what happens with his recruiting class. We got to see what happens this final season. Malik's coming back. Did we have the recruiting class this time last year? We had some. Okay. The, the pieces were in place. They were making waves on the recruiting trail, not to the degree that they wound up in the, yeah. the spring and the summer. Clarkson, I think, but you didn't have Owens or he was early. But you were getting yeah. some other guys. You you were you were getting you were pushing for guys that were putting you on your list that hadn't been the last yeah. three years. But there would have been some – it would have been more split than it is right now because there's no debate. Like, he left us. We, we didn't make this call. We got put in this position. And so because of that, the timing, I think, is even more perfect right now than it would have been 12 months ago. Um, Speaking of timing, I know I said just – so the news broke when KRC was on live on the air. They, it, it did. Like, it, Roush posted this. I, I, it's only about 90 seconds long. Just this, 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 this was oh, this them, is them finding out. This was them li- literally live on the air, TJ not believing it, and this was this was Rash trying to convince them that 
the news had happened. Bowl game. Holy crap. <laughs> TJ, I'm sorry. Holy crap. Holy crap. Hit the breaking news button, Scoots. The Cincinnati Inquirer is reporting that Cincinnati is going to hire Wolverine Scott Satterfield as its next host. No, way. no, they're not. Would you believe it? Where are you getting that? Keith Jenkins. That sounds like a made-up name. Cincinnati Inquirer. Are you retweeting it yet? Yes. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I mean, he was looking for an out, and this makes sense, right? Like, but but what in the world? They're playing each other in two weeks, and he's gonna go coach the other team. He went to the scouting report and said, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> oh my gosh! It's so real. It's real. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'm gonna mute. I gotta mute myself. To oh, I'll just do it on the air. Anna, <laughs> yelling at his wife. Yes, yes. Scott Satterfield is leaving U of L to go coach Cincinnati. She just yelled no. <laughs> well, she yelled no in like disbelief, not no in disappointment. I'm, or like no in like sarcastic disappointment. I can. We were just talking. About, we were just talking about the bowl game on the 17th. And now, that was very funny. So, I love. <laughs> uh, our man Patrick takes in and goes, Roush is laughing until it just clicks in his head. Wait a minute. That means they're getting Brom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny how Louisville's coach left for a program that was a few years ago viewed as clearly inferior, certainly when they were making the move to the ace. Ha, 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 you, you lost your coach to your rival. But then it becomes less funny when you're like, oh, no. They're also losing the guy that we've been kicking his ass for the last three years and who seemed to have no way to yeah. find, you know, no ability to find a way to beat us. And they may go get a better coach now. So, yeah. Keep laughing. Less funny now, isn't it? Did did you uh, ever play against Brom as a coach? They didn't play Western when he was there, was he? Uh, I don't think so. Because I think that was Taggart that was there when they played against And him. Petrino multiple times. Yeah, yeah. And Pet- well, well, once Petrino at Western. But yeah. He played him twice. They went one-on-one. Because everybody's like, oh, he beat him. He played him twice. I know when they beat finally beat Petrino when he was at Arkansas, UK fans were just like to the moon. They beat him once. Like, we Western, finally though. beat him. It's like, yeah. He's not even at Louisville anymore. We don't care. Yeah, because well, they because they, they he lost he beat them the first time when he was at Western and then lost him the next year. Yeah, um, I thought he was at Western only one year. Was he there two years? He was there two years. Oh, I'm a, I'm a burner. I thought he was one year. Was it just one year? I could be wrong. I'm thinking you have the Arkansas mixed up. I think he beat Is that him what one, it was. I think he beat him at Arkansas year one and lost to him year two. For some reason, I was thinking he played him twice because his only year at Western, I thought he went like eight and four. You might be right. He got destroyed by Tennessee earlier, like early in the season, if I remember right. I have no recollection of that. Okay. I'll well. take your word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Satterfield stuff. I mean. <sighs> what are people being mean? Kind of. But deservedly so. I mean, why would you be mean? You should be it's a happy day. The, the thing that has is, is surprised me more than anything else on this surprising day has been the reaction of everybody – around the U of O football program, you're not seeing anybody go to bat for this guy. Like, does that surprise you at least a little? And, and I mean, I know some of these people are staying silent because they're current coaches at U of L and they're probably going with him to UC. But I, I'm shocked that there hasn't been more, hey, you know, it, man made a business decision. I'll never forget what he did for me. Like, love what he gave to the University of Louisville. It is almost all 
besides like Lorenzo Malton, who tweeted something about it being a business and you can't hate him for it, it's almost all, and again, current players, former players, transfer players, people just crapping. Like, he's just getting dumped on by everybody. I, the reaction was not this bad when Bobby Petrino left for the Falcons or when he left for, or when he got fired a few well, years ago. I was hardly ago. mad at a guy for leaving us for the NFL. But people, I mean, well, people were. I know. I never understood it as much. I mean, it's like, dude, you're leaving for the NFL. But your, I mean, it is amazing to see just all these players. I mean, guys who, like Jordan Watkins coming out and being like, Told you guys, like, this guy's a clown. Like, this is why I left. Man. This is why everybody left. Um, Jonathan Grenard saying, this is why I haven't been back yet. I'll come back now. Like, it, it is very, very surprising to me that you're not seeing anybody come out and be like, hey, guys, Satterfield, he's a good guy. He did a good job here. It's I mean, not happening. Did hurt, was Hurt positive? Did it say anything positive about him in the press conference that I missed? I don't think he said anything bad. I think he thanked him well, for the okay. service. I think he did that. He said, he said we had a conversation on Saturday, and we found it. And to Satterfield's credit, like he didn't, he was very complimentary about Louisville at his press conference. He said, although he did do the whole like my heart's with those players right now. I was like, no, it's not. He, yeah, no, no it's I, not. I saw his statement. It's your, it's straight out of a template book. He because he got asked. Tyler Griever from WHAS made the trip up there uh, to ask some questions at the press conference. Then got l- locked out of the the closed door sessions where the, <laughs> the breakout sessions of the media because he's not Cincinnati media. Um, but he asked about, you know, <laughs> that's what he said. That's what they told him. You can't do this. Since he people only. be a badge of honor not to be in there. <laughs> they, yeah, he asked you know, what went wrong at Louisville. Like, like, and Satterfield was like, I'm not going to say anything bad about the University of Louisville. I'm just not going to do it. Like, he, he, I guess, could have taken some shots. Having said that, is it at all possible that at some point between now and Saturday, December 17th, we get Scott Satterfield throwing an L's down? Oh, yeah. That would be full cycle thing, a full cycle thing. Complaining about Els Down to being the Els Downer himself. I mean, it was kind of. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like both the hires of Vince, and this doesn't mean being bashing Vince. I got plenty of time to do that, and always will. But like both hires, kind of left with the same. I'm not getting respect from you. All I deserve. I'm going somewhere else. Type attitude. Now Mac hasn't, you know, appeared anywhere else. But I mean, we talked about this last year with you know him like not understanding how he could be on the hot seat and. Not understanding why people were angry at him, which I thought it was kind of obvious, you know. And here's Sat Satterfield, obviously probably expecting to get that extension is is that was brought up and we've talked about. Probably expecting that heard to come in there and being like, "Hey, you went seven and five, could have been a complete disaster after the Boston College game. You turned it around. You kept us afloat. You know, yada yada yada. Coach speak, generic. You know, coach compliment. And here's our extension. And I, he probably was." Pissed off about that. That we didn't. He probably feels like he's not getting the respect he maybe felt he deserved. I think that you know, I, whether he deserved it or not is a matter of opinion. You also have to remember, like his agent is Jimmy Sexton, who's the most cutthroat dude in the sport. And I'm sure that Jimmy Jimmy Sexton always goes into these How things. This guy end up with Jimmy Sexton. It, it, speaking of cultural mismatches, <laughs> like that seem it's like the Satterfield Louisville marriage. Like it just does not seem like it, that should be the case. But Sexton goes into these situations with you know plans contingency, contingency plans for each possible result. And I'm sure he was like, you're either extending him or you're firing him. And you're not going to fire him after going 7-5 and five and with his recruiting class waiting in the wings. So let's make this happen. And then in his mind, he's probably saying, he's probably put out feelers out there already saying, if you, you're not going to extend him, you want him to coach as a, you know, kind of in limbo here for a season. No, we're going to go to Cincinnati. You see wants him. We're going to make this job happen. And so you found out, I think Josh Hurd said, basically like, Based on what he said, my understanding would be that they had the conversation Saturday night. Hurd says, no, we're not going to, to do what you want. 
And then very quickly, Sexton lets him know, okay, Satterfield's a candidate for the UC job. And he's going to go after it unless you go back to what I told you last night and say, okay. And Hurd is like, cool, go to UC. And that's how it played out, it sounds like. I love you, Josh. He was not going to give in on this. And I I think that, I mean, you've mentioned this a number of times. There's a lot of thought that had Josh Hurd taken over the interim job three weeks earlier, maybe we do have Jeff Brom last season. Maybe we do have Scott Satterfield. He, He kind of was forced into this keeping Satterfield type situation. And it's always kind of seemed a little bit awkward between the two of them. And now, like, I think maybe if, like, if Satterfield had gone nine and three this year, yeah, Josh probably says, cool, you, you, you've done Josh. But he impossible. didn't, yeah, or even maybe eight and four. Or or, or you, you beat Kentucky to go eight and four. <laughs> maybe you're getting that extension. But in this situation with what he's done over the last four years and what he hasn't done over the last four years, I get why Josh is saying we need to see a little bit more. Let's make sure these recruits, we're, we're not going to be beholden to a recruiting class. And then, you know, he ends up going to, to, to UC. It was a... An understandable move by everybody involved, I think. Has there been a better salesman since Tommy Sr. than Jimmy Sexton to convince Cincinnati that he's the right hire? I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it's not like he forced did them he, to take did, Cincinnati. Did he, to, the, did he give him the team I can get a good look at a team bow by sticking my head up a butcher's rear end, but I'd rather take his word for it? I mean, it's not like he forced them to take Satterfield. Like, they had to have some interest. Like, part of this has to be on Could Cincinnati. Could he beat out? Well... <laughs> Brian Brown, who, by the way, we have Keetrell Clark now on Twitter vouching for Brian Brown to be the head coach. Keetrell, dude, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sorry, it ain't gonna happen. I also see that Coach O in Vegas is trending on Twitter. That's all that too. I don't know I was, what that is. I want to click on it. Oh, he's a finalist for the UNLV job. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. I saw they they let. I was like, <laughs> another guy. Well, it was right. It was right above Mike <laughs> Evans. I'm like, okay, what what's going uh, on? Like my 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 Twitter page is Coach O Vegas, Mike Evans, and Brazil. <laughs> That's a great combination. Gosh, did Brazil win? Uh, Brazil. I would assume so. I mean, they're trending. So by the way, you were right. Uh, Petrino only coached, really? only Petrino only coached at Western one season, and he okay. beat UK that season. Now I didn't remember him beating UK, but I knew. I think like I said, yeah, Brazil won four to one. Uh, I did remember him. I thought he was only one year, and he like went eight and four or something like that. Didn't have the any great year, but you know. at Western that was pretty. I mean, yeah, know. but in Jeff took it to the next level, winning 10, 11 games. Um, everybody's talking about the Ruben Owen stuff. Yeah, I, I see the, the social media. He's done this before, though. Remember, like, he took it away. Off Instagram or something. Yeah, very briefly ago, before yeah. he was going to go on a, a visit. And then, you know, UofL, something happened, and he was back in the good graces. I, I, I think he put out – the only statement that he's put out there, because he was contacted by one of the scout guys earlier today, was just like – you know, we're, we're remaining patient. We're remaining, you know, we're not doing anything. We're not making a move. We just want to see how this plays out, which is understandable. But taking the stuff out of the profile, I don't, I don't know if it's just a, a ploy for attention or whatever, but I don't know. I, I still think that I'm not guaranteeing anything. I think Louisville has a good shot at, at signing him. Did you, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought you heard you say this. Satterfield's not coaching, obviously not going to coach Louisville's side. He's not coaching either team. But he's not going to coach you. So he's just, <laughs> taking the, he's just taking the rest of the offseason off. Must be nice. Well, he's still working. So, depending on your perspective of what, what I did like that he said he he made a comment about. So who's going to coach Cincinnati? I don't know the guy that was already named as the coach, the, the assistant. <laughs> but Satterfield made a comment during his press conference about like I haven't 
you know, who's going to stay here? Who's going to play roles? Have you looked at Cincinnati? He's like, I haven't had a chance to watch any film and like look at the current roster. And my guy Chris Haffel made a great point. He's like, of course he hasn't looked at any film. It's the next opponent. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't you have seen any of Cincinnati? Yet? Yeah, why would? You, yeah, who, who takes a job when actually looking doing homework on that school? I, but we're excited to play that. You should have looked at film already. We knew we were going to play would. them for like the last four days. I mean, yeah, you would think. Uh, uh, it, it's a a funny thing anyway. You slice it. Like there there are comedic aspects of this all right around. It, it's. It's funny. I, mean, I, did, I did like, I think, uh, your boy uh, Mark Enos did the tweet, uh, Satterfield ran out of here like it was second and 14. Second and 14. Yeah. It was good. It was a good one. Mark had a bunch of good stuff. There's today. been some good ones. Some people have been on fire today. I, you know, these days, you got to shine. You got to come up with the funny stuff. And yeah, you got to do it. Texas, how much is Cincy paying us for the buyout? I mean, I would hope that they were paying a substantial amount. I mean, what was this buyout? It couldn't have been that much in some last year of a deal, though, right? Um, well, I mean, two doesn't years. He, oh, I thought it was. I thought this was... I thought this was his second I want to say it's four year. and a half is, was the buyout. Next year, I thought, so next year wasn't, wasn't going to be. His contract a, ran out in 2024. Oh, okay. I thought Satterfield's buyout three and a half. All right, well. Well, I take it back. There's some confusion. Cincinnati will have to pay Scott Satterfield a $4.875 million buy, contract buyout. Okay, good Lord. Hey, good money. Man, they're paying all that money and they're willing to hire him? Some people are saying three and a half. Some people are saying 4.8. So who knows what the actual truth is. But regardless, they're going to have to pay us something. And, hey, talk, talking about timing being better this go-around than it was 12 months ago, I mean, we were going to have to pay Satterfield's buyout and then hire a new coach if that was Brom. And this time, if we do, if, if Brom is the guy, guess what? We have extra money to throw at you. So, that's a good thing. The best extra money is good. The best thing Satterfield did in his era here was leaving without having to fire him? Maybe. Like I said, his final act, he became a unifier. That's how I'll always remember him. That was the best thing that he did. What's your... Favorite all-time Scott Satterfield highlight. What's what's the the po- most positive memory of the Satterfield Today, era for you? Today this morning, waking up and seeing his picture. Seriously though, with like, a visor that says "UC" on it. <laughs> seriously though, the, over the last four years, what was the high point? Probably that first year, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just in general, that first the bowl win maybe against Mississippi State. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if there was anything, it was in that first year because. You know, you mocked me, but I called him like, you know, Ron Cooperus, where he took the talent and dwindled it down. Uh, that's, I mean, it pretty much went downhill from there, right? Well, yeah, until this year. I, I mean, I know we had winning record this year, but I mean. We had the same record we did the first year, but yeah, it was. All well, things. if we win the bowl game. Yeah, 7-5 and five regular season. Um, it, I mean, it was, yeah, it was. There's not like a defining win. I guess the Wake Forest win this year is the defining win. But well, what was even the highlight from that year in eight wins? Like beating Wake Forest, the Wake Forest yeah. shootout game where we almost gave up a sixty point lead. The Wake Forest game and the like. I don't even remember the bowl how, game. I don't even remember what the score of the bowl game really was. I just remember beating Mississippi State. To be honest with you, I think we won by a touchdown. Was it a touchdown? I can't remember. Yeah, Blake played well. I mean, I, of course. Then again, I thought we got beat by sixty two by Air Force last year and it was only three. Yeah, you feel the Mandela effect. <laughs> that definitely feels still feels like it. Uh, we won by 10, 38-28. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, down at halftime. That was like his first big come-from-behind win. I think his only come-from-behind win until Pitt this year. Yeah, and then that kid ended up beating us at Syrac- with Syracuse. Was oh, Syrac- yeah. No, Strader's the one that got injured before the game, right? He he got punched in the face. Yeah, by Willie yeah. Gay, wasn't it? I have no idea. I think it was this who it was. The linebackers now since then with Kansas City. Yeah. Texas, I think people are mixing up buyouts. We'd owe him four point eight million if we fired him. Okay, there it is. He only owes us four twenty five k if he obtained ad per- permission. Uh, Texas, I think four point eight million includes the assistance buyouts. 
be my guess. So yeah, so the truth. I'll, we, throw, I'll throw in some of them for free. So four point eight was the was the buyout if we fired him because he left himself. He owes us three point five. There it is. <laughs> Sucker. There's your answer. Three point five mil coming our way. Pay up, Pony Boy. <laughs> Dexter says, uh, "Ruben Owens went live on Instagram Live for about two minutes. Didn't say a word, but Pierce Clarkson is talking to him. Uh, get Brom here before the weekend. Keep those visits set up. Yeah, they were planning on coming over here for one more visit. I think this weekend. You Come- need to say he went live on Instagram Live, and it like in the title. What? If can you just say he went on Instagram Live? No, he went live on Instagram Live. Okay, I mean, if it's called Instagram Live, do you really need to say he went on live? I'm just reading the text. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, but He's he was redundant. He was live on Instagram <laughs> and didn't say anything for two minutes, just stared at the phone, which is what kids do these days. He just, Which kind of makes me feel better about him taking the stuff out of his social media because that's very much a thing that you want to do if you want want the attention. You, you, you pull up the Instagram Live, like, this is how powerful I am. I can do nothing but stare at my phone for two minutes and look at all the please stay at Louisville Ruben messages and feel good about myself. So having said that, please stay at Louisville Ruben. What would happen if I did that? You're not on Instagram. I just pull up a Facebook live video and I just sit there and stare at my phone for like five minutes. Nobody would watch. Nobody, how many people would watch and how many people would comment? Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> Scooter Dingus said, serious question. We've gotten this question a billion times today. What time did Trevor first hear about the Satterfield news today? You knew it like at like 10 o'clock. It was around, I think it's, it's, it's foggy because of course, like I said, I was waking, I woke up at like four, I woke up at five, six. I, I've been waking up every hour, two hours because of, uh, I'm congested. My throat gets, and then like with my sleep apnea, because of my congestion in my nose, my sleep apnea machine, my throat's getting all dry. It's forcing me to breathe through my mouth, which I hate. Yeah. And so I'm like waking up, just like coughing. It's, That's where yeah. I was last week. Um, Texas, are we getting a daily Jeff Brom update until he's hired? And do we have a song for that? Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brom, Jeffrey Brom. I mean, isn't Homeward Bound kind of his new theme? Homeward Brom. Which weird, I sent that to you and Dugan on Saturday you during did. their game. The thing, it's so weird that like, I, was I, thinking, I did it just because he was playing well at halftime. I was thinking back to that during the show today, and I was like, did Dugan send that? Because you know, Dugan would have some inside info there. I was like, did Dugan know something back on Saturday night? And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, Trevor sent it. No, that was just me being like sick and stoned and like, you know, just like here. Yeah, I think that's the theme. Homeward Brom. <laughs> Homeward Brom. You're getting an update. Uh-huh. He's Homeward Brom. <laughs> Brom, where my home is lovely, Brom. Texas, why don't you all just go on Instagram Live with the show? I'm starting to have doubts these YouTube cameras are coming. Have you contacted customer service? We're waiting for that Google Fiber. I need my phone during the show. I can't just like set it up there. And, and God knows you don't have an account or an ability to make that happen. So I don't even know what Instagram is. I know. So, <laughs> so. People send me Instagram. like Here's what annoys me is when people send me Instagram stuff and I click on it. And if you don't have an account, it boots you off after like five seconds. Like You, you can look at it for Gotta about five seconds. And it'll, be like, it'll, it'll boot you out. I'm like, you must be a member. I'm like, what kind of bull crap is that? The one element of the uh, of the, all the stories today that I haven't talked about that deserves mocking is, and we already mocked it already last week, remember the the ploy, the shameless ploy by the Kentucky media members to act like Vince Morrow, Morrow was the leading candidate for the UC job? Oh, yes. That's who he beat out. Not that sure, is the question. Not sure Vince was a finalist. <laughs> I just now realized. <laughs> Just shamelessly trying I to made, get the man a raise. I made the joke earlier. Really, so 
love of God, who did they pick Satterfield over? It was Vince. All these UK riders with sources oh, in Cincinnati somehow. No, don't even didn't say, see the Satterfield you, thing coming. Call them out by it. You know, there's only one rider that was pushing all that. Well, no, there was three. I, 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 there I, one I read, in particular. I read all the tweets last okay. week. That was the whole thing. Justin Rowland did it. Matt Jones did yeah, it. Matt was um, the one pushing it the they, most. No, but they all did. Like that's why it was so. That was the thing. Was it was so obvious that Vince is like hitting up his guys who he feeds information to during the season and is like, if you want to keep having your source. I'm going to need you to go ahead and but and they all say some variation of the same thing which was hearing that uh you know UC job has opened up not sure exactly where he'll be on the pecking order but Vince Mero I'm hearing will be a candidate. He's behind sat. <laughs> they got that scoop from their UC sources but somehow didn't get the scoop that Scott Satterfield was actually getting the job. Ooh. Hilarious. Could not be more funny. Maybe it was a different UC they were thinking. Maybe it was College of Charleston. The football team. What? Maybe it was CSC. That he was getting looks at. Texas says, uh, Trevor, call Mike out for never getting me my voucher for best text of the week. Oh, yes. Well, we sent them out, but the problem was the store closed. Oh, is that what it was? The restaurant closed. And then we had, Debbie had to figure out if the the, the Ville Chicken and Seafood, they rebranded. There's something else now. It's the same owners, but they. Oh, that's the place they closed? Yeah, it's a different restaurant. And so we had to reach out and say, will they still own the old gift certificates? And they got like, took like three weeks to get back to us, and they said no. <laughs> so that we were like, "Sucks! I got some of those in my glove compartment." I, I've got yeah, like six in my backpack. Yeah, I've got some in my glove. I never. I could have eaten veal chicken and seafood for like five months, but yeah. So that was what. So, so the short-lived text of the day segment just got derailed right off the bat. <laughs> so so Wednesday I came in and did the show with Patrick. Thursday I did uh, we did a short show with me and uh, TJ, and you were out with you being out Friday. I was like. Like a relief pitcher. I'm like, I can I can't you can't put me out there three days in a row yeah. by myself. I'm my arms so what I did and I ended up having to work the high school game anyway that night. Um, but what I did was I just I was just texting people on the text line through like three to six hours. And that was what that part I do remember now that this is why I asked you to text a reminder, Texter. Because I had completely forgotten that you brought that up on Friday to me. There you go. Yep. Well done. Uh, we gotta go to break before we come back uh, and read some more text reminding you if you have financial needs, don't go to Scott Satterfield. Go to First Bankers Trust. Visit firstbankerstrust.com for all your financial needs. They'll tell you about what they can do for you and how they work with every client individually to meet all of their financial goals. Trust certainly doesn't have a, you know, not something that you have with Scott Satterfield. It's not what he leads with. It's not what, uh, Rom you know. leads with. Maybe it is what Jeff Rom leads with. Mm. It's certainly what First Bankers Trust leads with. Visit firstbankerstrust.com. For more information, we'll take a break. We'll come back, read some more text, and wrap up the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961. The Big X. This is your hometown. This is your hometown. This is your hometown. This is your hometown. It's 65, temperature was running high. It might. Nothing you could do. Two cars had a light on a Saturday night in the backseat. The 
The thing that I love about today's theme is that it's so subtle. Speaking of subtle, like, Bruce Springsteen's ever done just a pop song, really. Like, every song has got to be so serious. Santa Claus is coming to town. I mean, I mean, maybe Glory Days? Is that, like, the closest thing to, like, a bubblegum pop song he's done? It's a pop song, for sure. That, yeah. that's, uh, that, is that a pop song? Yeah. Okay. Like, because I'm just, like, like I'm watching... Don't speedball by? I'm watching this video, and it's like, everything he... Every time I do a Bruce Springsteen song, or listen, it's always, he's just, it's like, dude, loosen up the jeans, man. Life's tough, man. I mean, is it a Jersey thing? Like, I'm not allowed to smile? <laughs> I don't get it. I'm just curious. I mean, give me some In the Middle by Bruce. I want Bruce Springsteen to redo In the Middle. Life's hard, Trevor. That would be great, would it not be? I mean, what do you want to do, like? Poker face, Lady Gaga. <laughs> rah, 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 rah. Single ladies. You, you <laughs> Sexy back. I want it that way. Bruce Springsteen version. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> I'd like to see it now. I'd like to Even hear it. the dance routine, yeah. Welcome back in, Rutherford Show. Final segment here on a uh, eventful Monday. I mean, I thought, I spent this entire week, and well, I spent the entirety of yesterday thinking, man, I avoided having to talk about the, the catastrophe that is the Louisville basketball team after the Maryland loss on Wednesday. It probably would have dominated the last week. And now we have a loss that looks just as bad. It's going to be all day Lester, Monday. Yeah, this, is, this is going to be the entire show on Monday. I'm so, like, what I thought I avoided is back. And it turns out, no. Like, like hmm? you wake up Monday morning and, boom, everything has changed. This whole hypothetical that we've had about Scott Satterfield gets blown to smithereens with this, uh, this report. And it's been the entire show today. And now here we are. And it's probably going to dominate tomorrow's show. And... Until we hire a new head coach, it's going to be all anybody wants to talk about. When's the last time we had a positive surprise like this out of nowhere for Louisville? We've had, Chriselle had some negative ones. The IRP stuff, probably. I guess but we kind of knew that was still coming. We knew right? it was coming. But we didn't know it was going to be. We we had, And there were hints that it was probably going to be not as bad as we had feared. Yeah. I just didn't want to believe the hints because I'm jaded and scarred and emotionally unstable because of what I've the you, done I'm to me trying to pick my brain to the last positive surprise we had well yeah but that's just a that's not even a pick your brain thing this is just a it's a fruitful endeavor because we, who knows like I, I can't think of anything either <laughs> I mean we've had negative surprises like no lock transferring in that's <laughs> <laughs> I said positive I mean, at the time we thought it might be positive I don't know when we hired the king of New Zealand yeah lost McMains we didn't there hasn't been a whole lot of, and even this is like not irrefutably positive. Like they, they, there's still a little bit of, yeah, there are some elements that people would debate, but it's been a long time, man, since like anything like this. Like, I, mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm going to, God, what a sad state. Of I, I know, I know there's gotta be somewhere in between, but Patino plane landing in 2001, March of 2001. But we kind of thought that was coming too. That that was not out of thin air. Like that that was, he was talked about since before that season even ended. That's true. I and guess. Jurich said straight up, like I'm going after Rick Pitino. I guess it was it, it, young Trevor was like, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess the Brian the Bowen commitment. That you know, <laughs> you, you you laugh, but for a brief moment, that was positive. It was the Ruben Owens commitment did kind of come out of thin air. Yeah, Patrick texted in to say that, which he's, he's probably right about. Like, because I was with, I remember being with TJ. We were on remote. Um, Ooh, Matt McGavick, by the way, confirms when that, the, the keg of nails out. is coming to Boston for the Fenway Bowl. Now, it's not. Is it on the line though? I don't want it to be on the line. I'll say that. Call me scared. Call me whatever you want. I don't want it to be on the line. 
I want to keep it. Is it bad of me that I'm going to let them have it for the Satterfield thing? But like these teams, like we don't even know. Like it's a, it's a game that does not matter in the grand scheme of things. We have no idea who's even going to be playing in these games. Like, we, we have no, we have no coaches for either team that are going to be. Like, Dion Branch is coaching the team. Like he's not even a, a, a full time coach. We're getting coached by an ex player who works in the PR department. We have no idea who's going to be on staff. We're like, like what, what do they say? Hold my beer to Jeff Satter Saturday. I mean, it's like the Colts are like, you gonna hire a guy for me? Really? Bet. Challenge. Like, I don't want the cake and nails to be on the line in that situation. Now, if we win, yeah, it'd be awesome. Kick the crap out of them. Makes fun of Sat. Hold the keg up. But like, what if like somebody texted in or tweeted me the other day and was like, the winner gets the keg of nails, the loser gets the Fenway Bowl trophy. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think the winner should get Evan Conley. Why? Well, I don't know. What's Evan Conley going to do? Is he going to stay here? Is he going to go? I don't know. He might. He probably go to UC. Is he even here still? Yeah, he's still here. Okay. He's, you see him on the sidelines. He's an emotional leader for this team. Right. He just can't play. He's got a bad hip. <laughs> Leave Evan Conley alone. Five two four one four. I want to keep him. Fourteen fifty is the Thornton stacks. Now we have seventy unread texts that we're not going to get to. We'll, we'll try to do the best we can. Texas, if Brom isn't hired, what's the reasoning? I don't know. It would have to be his decision. I think it would. I don't. I don't think that's true. I, I think it would be more on U of L's end. If if it if it winds up falling through. I think it'd be safe to say that it's on you. What Louisville doesn't like try to be cheap on him or something, or just Josh decided he had a, thought he had a better option. I mean, is how much? And I hate to say this, but like, like because the consensus of the fan base is Brom, 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 right? I mean, it's, it's, eh, I, don't just, I think it's not. It's not nearly as overwhelming as you think it is. It's the majority, though. I think. Name I, one other name I think that's it's getting as much. Well, nobody's talking about anybody else because we have no idea who the other candidates okay. are. Okay. I think it's probably. I think I would say a majority of U of L fans would give like a thumbs up to Jeff Brown. That said, how much is the bitterness of what how Payne started his career, being in the fact that he was the same way amongst the fan base? You got to hire this guy. There's a lot of talk guy, like you that. This guy. I mean, now I know we're talking apples and oranges here. It's not the same thing. No, not even in the same realm. But it does have that basis. There's a lot of that talk out there. Like you know what. If Josh Hurd is just going to give in to what the fans want, why is this going to be any different than the Kenny Payne hire? And the obvious answer is you cannot compare. And I guess Chris Mack was the same way, too. He was the overwhelming choice. Everybody wanted him. The, the national media, the, the difference between the Mack hire and the Kenny Payne hire is the national media was overwhelmingly like, this is a home run hire, this is a great A hire, where it's been a little bit more, I, I think, split when it comes to Kenny Payne. Yeah, we're talking about national media. This is the same national media that thinks Brian Brown should be the hire. Well, one person does. That's not the one. I hate people do that. The media says that. One person is hey, not the media. For the record, he's the only media member I've seen drop a name. Well, no, there's been a, there's been stories yeah, with, okay. with candidates. And the candidate list, look, another reason why I think it's going to wind up being Jeff Brom, the pool of candidates out there, not overly attractive. Like, it, it is the names that people are tying to Louisville are not names that would move the needle. I mean, everybody out there who's like, you know, Urban Meyer – not happening. Like, like that's not happening. These other guys that you're throwing out there are not happening either. Like Vince Merrow. Vince Merrow. <laughs> Matt Jones is hearing that he's he's on the list somewhere. UK better fight to keep him. I mean, let's not forget though, if Brom doesn't have ties to Louisville, Louisville probably has no chance of getting Brom from Purdue. And Uva probably doesn't target Jeff Brom. That's true. Being just if we're just being totally honest. Yeah, you're right. But that's not the case. Um, Texas says. I've always wondered when a coach leaves, does someone get put in charge of packing up their office? Do we think they do it nicely? Does that depend on how they leave? Could you imagine for us what the packing of Scott's office looks like? Oh, yeah. there's Somebody will pack up that office. It's usually like 
personal assistant. Like, we'll make that happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, just like throwing bleep in a box. Well, now the, tossing it in there. You, you, the only time you've had that happen to you in a, in a work situation, they didn't give you your stuff, right? Well, I, all I had was the bobbleheads, and you, well, and I never got them. Like, so you again, you didn't get your stuff. No, they asked because John had stuff there. We we had we had an office. John brought stuff in there. I never did. Um, but they were like, do you, they're like, I don't think you have anything here. I was like, just the bobbleheads in the, in the station. They're like, we'll put those in a box and we'll send them to you and never got them. Um, but yeah, I think typically, yeah, it's just, it's kind of sent you. don't get a chance to go in there and pack up your own. It's not like that it is in the, the movies. The only time that I, when I worked at Insight and I got like, oh, they did that. To, that's what I did. I, I couldn't even go into like unpack my own cubicle. They're like, wait right here. We'll bring yeah, it to I, you. It's, yeah. And it brought me a box. Ironically, they put stuff in it that wasn't even mine. I was like, okay. Which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's so silly. It's like, let me, I'm not going to like. I guess they have to do it for legal purposes, but like, can I at least go back there and make sure you're getting my stuff? Yeah. Seems dumb. Texas, we absolutely cannot let Scott get the keg of nails. I mean, Satterfield, would he even want something that's a keg? It seems like it seems very against everything that he's about. Nails? That seems hard to drink. Can we make <laughs> Can we make it the soda cup of nails? Why is it a nail? I'm glad we can make these jokes now. Texas, I had a buddy who got excited about Brom, who's a casual fan. He also doesn't know Sat's last name. I think that says all I need to know. It goes back to my... I just say he doesn't know Sat's last name. Sat is, Sat is his last name. Well, he, he got to know it. Yeah. It, it goes back to my main point. We started the show. You have to remember, like, when Louisville football is has been rolling in the past. I'm talking first Petrino era, strong era, the first part of the second Petrino era. You've got a lot of fans that are... I hate to use the word casual, but like who want to jump on the bandwagon, right? Who are paying attention because it's new and it's exciting. We don't have that built-in fan infrastructure where we've been doing this for generations. It's in your DNA when you're born. You go to spring games. You go to games. You you go to open practices. It's that way for some people. It's not that way for a large contingency of this fan base. That same portion of this fan base, they know Jeff Brom. They would be excited about Jeff Brom coming here. And if Jeff Brom can come keep this recruiting class mostly intact, get some big-time transfers in the offseason, bring in, I mean, I don't know, some some bring back some key players from this year's team and give the type of, of, of talks that we see from Brom that are always all over social media and inject some life back into this program, I think you'll see those attendance numbers be better than 40, 38,000 for quality opponents next season. I think you'll see more excitement around this program than you would have if Satterfield would come back for a fifth year or if you hire somebody else who maybe has a similar or even better track record. Like he, This has the potential to be a very fresh start for Louisville football and an exciting start that brings people who've been out of the fold for the past five, six years back into the fold. And I'm pumped about it. I just went from six to midnight. Um, who do we play? Who we open next season with? Georgia Tech in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I wish it was at home. I would do a show. Yeah, our first home game would be. I think we play Murray State the week after that. So we can. And then Indiana. So we beat. If we if we if we knock off Georgia Tech. I know Murray State's a tough one to do, but where do you where do you set maybe a crowd for a Brom first home opener? Coming off a win. <clears throat> Coming off a win. Yeah. Two stripes. Two and a half. Are we filling the stripes? I'd like it to be. I'd like to think. The fact that it's Murray does hurt. It, I mean, it hurts for sure. I'd like to think that they still get close to 50K for that game. I mean, Again, assuming we win. Is that two stripes? Two and a half stripes? It'd be a, it'd be a solid two-stripe game. Okay. They play Indiana, but it's in Indianapolis the week after that. And that's all we know so far besides UK being the last week of the season. Isn't that weird? Because isn't that where we played Purdue? Yeah. Like, first 2017, year? first game. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the, the schedule, 
sucks for if we do have this all enthusiasm all off season to play in Atlanta first game. But you got to win that game if you want to have that Murray State crowd be festive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Texter says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. As I struggle to click off of the UC schedule, the only UC Vince is a candidate. To, I can't read that. Come on, Texas. Come on, Texas. Thanks for the text back uh, last week, Trev. Twitter has been great today, but oh my God, Steve Clarkson tweeting the Scarface clip of Omar the Rat getting thrown out of a helicopter with the nose was my highlight. With the noose was my highlight. The thumbnail is so violent. Steve's not playing any games. What do you make of that? Because people, I don't know what to make of it. I'm assuming it's a good thing as far as I, I'm assuming that's directed at Scott Satterfield. But what is the gift? I don't know. No, he put out the video uh, from Scarface oh. when Omar the rat, they bring him up in the helicopter and they, they kill him. They throw him out there with a, a noose around his neck. Okay. And he posted. Steve I've Clarkson. never seen Scarface start to finish. I've seen that part. Okay. Steve Clarkson posted that on Twitter, which I thought was like a good thing, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reading between the lines too much. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I think. Steve, what a world. I think, Steve, I think Clarkson understands that his connection with Louisville is due with Adidas, not with the coaching staff. Does any work for Adidas too? Yeah. Yeah. Text says, first of all, the text says, the text starts off with what's the text line number? Well, you're texting it. <laughs> and then it says, Brom isn't leaving Purdue for Louisville. Other than Brom being from Louisville, there really isn't a reason for him to make the move. And then goes on to better and more football history at Purdue. Not true. Purdue's in a better conference. True. Purdue started the Big Ten over 100 years ago. Who cares? Produce conference cares about football. Who cares? Texas, I just I just don't need, see him going to a lesser school and a lesser. The, nobody. The thing with Purdue fans who are all saying this, nobody nationally, nobody so, uh, who's who's objective shares your view. Every single person is like Louisville's the better job by a wide margin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I think it's give or take. I mean, Purdue. Listen, Purdue fans aren't going insane over their their football program. They're going to be happy when they're winning and doing well. I Joe Tiller run or the one that they're under right now with Brom, but for the most part, Purdue football is second tier to basketball. In a way, Louisville's kind of the same way. I mean, in Kentucky as well, and I just I think it's somewhat even of a job. Like it, it's, I think it's a matter of preference, but I don't think I don't think there's much gap either or which one's job's better. I mean, Purdue. I think it's pretty close to parallel. Purdue is talking about again. They hadn't won back eight games in back to back seasons since the mid nineties before this. Yeah, last but they've year. also spent their entire life. At, I don't in, care. I like mean, it's a lesser program. Like like they they've never done anything of any sort of consequence. They, yeah, but if Louisville spent their entire time in the ACC, we don't know that. I, I know we. I get. I, I get. Yeah, it's questions we can't answer. We've been a top ten team multiple times. We've beaten teams that Purdue has not beaten. Until Jeff got there, like they've. It's Purdue. Like nobody thinks about Purdue football being anything other than like a. a Stepping stone in the in the Big Ten, that are producing hell Drew Brees. Well, not just Drew Brees, Lynn Dawson as well. Oh, just Jim Everett. I mean, I'll, when I think Purdue, um, I just think Bob Drew Brees. Bracey. Purdue. <laughs> it's ironic we talk about us being kind of a, a quarterback. You produce pretty right there as well. They've produced a hell of a lot of good quarterbacks in their time. Texas, I sort of get some vibes from Clarkson and his dad that his dad will be the stereotypical overbearing parents who can be a cancer to the team. Well, I mean. That's the it's a risky run. Like he's he, overbearing parent because he's very involved in recruiting. Like he's helped put together this this class. Patrick says Purdue's done nothing but lose Rose Bowls. The fact they got to Rose Bowls is a pretty good accomplishment itself. So I wouldn't mock him for losing it. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine, whatever. 
Texas literally no one has said it's a better job by a wide margin. Yes, they have. Like, go look at my Twitter. Like, I retweeted. I Bud wouldn't Elliott say wide margin. Thing. I just say if it's. I'm just saying people have national people who no, have no stake and have have there are multiple of them have have said they're all on my timeline. Go look at it. Have said Louisville's a better job by a, and it's not close. Texas Louisville's a better job than both Purdue and Cincy. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a better job than Cincy. I mean, I think Cincy's a better job than Purdue. Texas, maybe you mentioned this already, but I heard that Satters and Crime Dog already left the team. They have. Satters, I don't know about Crime Dog. Satters, the strength coach, is at Arkansas now. The guy, the leaper from high school? No, that's your thing in basketball. Satters is, <laughs> Satters is the total opposite. He was the strength coach at Georgia last year, which when they won the national title and came to Louisville. People spoke glowingly about him. Uh, he now is at Arkansas, is my understanding. No. I don't know about Crime Dog, but Satters is gone. I know Crime Dog just got elected to the Hall of Fame this year, didn't he? The actual crime talk, Fred McGriff, yeah. Good, good job for Fred Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I should have worn my Tommy Maskey uh, shirt today. Who else got in voted other than him today, do you know? Who cares? Texas says... Uh, Show's interest in that. Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how I feel about baseball. You better apologize to me for that. Texas Western's QB also hit the portal. He obviously would be awesome in Brahms' offense. I've heard that there's a very, very solid chance that he comes here if Jeff does. Who's... I don't even... Western's quarterback? I don't know what the quarterback was this year. I forget. Texas says, what about Ruben Owens' tattoo? That's, look, he's it, still there, as far as I know. That's all that matters. Uh, Texas Satterfield should coach Louisville for the first half, then cross the field and coach Cincinnati in the second half, like, to, like when the president goes uh, from one side to the other in the Army-Navy game. He didn't have to cross. He's on the same side. How bad would it be if he like coached Louisville and were down like 17 nothing at halftime, then goes to coach Cincinnati, and then we come back and win the second half? What? Maybe we should have him dressed in like the half and half, like uh, what's his name's girlfriend did in the uh, uh, AJ Hawk. Where Brady like, Quinn's where, sister. Yeah, he's learning like half, half UFL, half UC stuff. Show him 17,000 times during the game. He just keeps, he keeps moving his face to the camera depending on who's, who's coaching for. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say to that. I love it when you can't read a text. There's a lot. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I Wednesday I warned people I was like please you know I have bad like um, ability to read and like su- decipher stuff as I'm reading it out loud so I was like please just be nice to me and like the first text was like used words that are dirtier yeah. than uh than, than when you ask for it you're gonna get than it. breast button penis yeah. I mean and I was like thanks man <laughs> Texas says we'll end on this the last time we've seen this much excitement around the football program you guessed it 1940 41 <laughs> 40 41 team man uh 53 unread text we apologize if we didn't get to your text Do we really today. have 53 unread text? 53 un- unread text right. normally i would go in the car and read these but i'm going i'm going to bed yeah it's uh, monday night football tonight before we get out of here saints at bucks my god it's it's and you wonder why i'm going to bed kind of gross who you got tonight tk uh i don't even know where it's at but i'm taking the saints saints have always had tom brady's number really i'm going bucks and i think it's big i need the bucks defense to not get like 22 points this is a big will be a big win for me Playoff implications are heavy. I need I need Andy Dalton in a big spot to not throw like five interceptions. If you tonight. need if you need a big game out of Brady and, and one of his receivers, I don't. You're I just today. need I just need the Bucks defense not to go crazy. It's going to be a That's low scoring game. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be boring. Uh, Saints win uh, 20, 24 to twenty. I'm going Bucks fairly big. I'm going to say 20, 27-10. Saints okay. suck. Uh, anyway, everyone enjoy your Monday nights. Tomorrow Ooh, we're back at it at 3 o'clock. I'm sure we'll talk about some other things other than this football job opening, but that will probably dominate the conversation again. Happy Monday night to everybody besides Scott Satterfield. We love you guys. See you tomorrow. Go Cards.